I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Are you fucking it high? Was- yes, I am! Asshole face man! You are my podcast. My only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh my God. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. (laughs) I got a whole folder full of dick pics, okay? Are you interested? I know you are because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know Phone Boy. Those two are are pretty interesting to listen to. Oh, they're horrible. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Bullshit. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. The offensive has begun. I guess it has. has. All right. And uh, well, welcome to episode 107 of uh, The Lotus Effect, which we've which uh, we've tentatively titled. uh, Well, running is controlled falling. We'll explain that much like the show. uh, The the title might change. It's, It's all made up and the content doesn't matter. And last I checked, I'm still phone boy. I'm gay. And I'm still Phoenix. I'm a lesbian. But, but, but wait a minute. But I am not gay. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We're, and neither is this show. So welcome to it. And this is how we get going. Yes. And I got to, I got to, I, I had to get, I have to switch over to the soundboard that actually has that clip to start it off. What is this, a freak out? This is kind of strange. This is terrific. Uh, I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are I just had an orgasm. Yeah, and orgasms are pretty fucking cool. And they're also pretty common around here. That's right. Now, the lotus uh, affects everyone differently. So, however, and wherever you are, uh, 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 the lotus is affecting you. Uh, let us know. Yeah, let us know. And thank you for your courage and pr- for helping to propagate the model of the podfather himself. Now, if you are new to the No Agenda family, and we do know that there are a few people that are uh, that have, that did not come to us from No Agenda. Uh, well, here's how it works. We are a value for value podcast. Now, we we think that this uh, shit show that we do uh, every uh, every every week at uh, at 4 p.m. Central on uh, on Saturdays is uh, is entertaining. At least some people think it's entertaining, and they and they. Uh, that's it, why they keep coming back. That's right. And so, um, you know, so we we and the way value for value works is if you get some value out of this, uh, give some back, and you can do that in terms of time, talent, or treasure. Right. So all three of those things are valuable to us and, and contribute it back to us. And there are, there are plenty of ways to do that. Uh, uh, so you can you know, the one of the you start by you go go to lotuseffect.show, and of course that's where you get all the past episodes, and uh, and you hit that uh, hit smash that green
green we like money button um, and send us some uh, send us some U.S. Uh, currency or, or something convert that converts to it uh, via PayPal. Uh, you can also uh, send us boostergrams, and we'll talk about that in a, little, in a second here. Uh, you can take off all your clothes and go to nudepodcastapps.com or go to, or don't even or just keep your clothes on and go to newpodcastapps.com. Now you can also send us mail. Uh, we, we 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 do have an ad, we have a physical address. Just hit us up for it in the back channel and. Um, so here is our here's our here's the folks that have contributed value back to us. Arr, shiver me timbers and boost me bitch. Yeah, we got a lot of boostograms here. So, um, so we'll start off with some fiat fun coupons from Sharky. It's a monthly donation of seven dollars and sixty six cents. Yeah, you know you. we we got to say. Oh wait a minute. Oh, you the executive producer. There yeah, you go. it is. Yeah, and and then we've also got uh, you, you know, but uh, we also got boostograms now, so we'll go into the boostograms. So we're and so, if you don't know how this works, we do rideshare radio at eight p.m. Central on Friday night, and then after this shit show, of course, we do Studio Thirty Three, and the boost that we get for song requests, which brings your song request to the top of the list when you. Boost me, bitch, like you heard Sir Ben Rose say. That's what this is all about. That's right. And so, yeah, when you do a boostergram, we, we tend to prioritize your your uh, your your request that you make. Uh, that's that's kind of how that works. So, uh, so we start with weirdo boosting three thirty three sats, saying Quad City DJs, come on, write it. Um, and then Fazezilla with hundred sats, uh, Mama T, Money Pink Floyd. Yeah, we did that. And we also got and Dame Boosty Seed came in with three thirty three, saying Money Talks by ACDC. Um, and then Weirdo with 333 saying Ganja White Knight and Liquid Stranger Jungle Juice. Okay. Um, Piranacy comes in with a 333 sats saying Money for Nothing, Dire Straits. Uh, comes in again with 333 sats going, uh, you know, Can't Buy Me Love, The Beatles. And then uh, Piranha, and then again, Piranacy comes in with 3333 sats. We like that saying Money, The Flying Lizards. Uh, uh, and, and then we've also, Weirdo comes in again with 333, uh, The Prodigy, Voodoo People. And then another 333 saying uh, uh, D, D Antwerd. Uh, uh, baby's on fire. Uh, Net Ned pops in with 1,200 sats saying Happy Boy by the Beat Farmers. I hadn't heard then that. Of, yeah, go ahead. I have not heard that song in a long time, and it would be something that I might, uh, I might feature as a, a cavalcade of stupidity. If it, it I, I think you should. But then, of course, we have a nice uh, binary boost from yeah. myself for 1010 saying, In this moment, sex metal Barbie. Then Weirdo with a 333 for Hamstein, Mean Tile. And then another 333 for Technine, I'm a player. We had Boost from Sharky for 7777 for you, are, you Monsters or People, Aberdeen is Dead. Followed by a 333 from Weirdo for the Crystal Method, Keep Hope Alive. And then Yours Truly comes in with a 3333 for Here's Johnny by Weird Al. Followed by 333 from Weirdo for Skrillex, Kyoto. Piranasi came in with 333 for Jackson 5, Sugar Daddy. And another 333 for Spill the Wine from War. Then I came back strong with a 1010 for Fatboy Slim, Funk Soul Brother. And a 1010 came from Sharky for Keep Talking by Pink Floyd. Yeah, which is a song I, I watched, uh, I got to see live because I went to that I went to that concert. Brag, brag, brag. That's okay. <laughs> because Weirdo came back with another 333 saying Rob Zombie feels so numb. And I thought, well, hell, if we're on the Rob Zombie, why don't I throw a 3333 for some pussy liquor? Now, if you want to get in on this Boostergram party, and I assure you, it is worth doing, take off all your clothes and go to nudepodcastapps.com or 
If you're shy, keep your clothes on and go to newpodcastapps.com and get you one of those wonderful 2.0 compliant podcast apps that lets you boost all of your favorite podcasts and especially the Lotus Effect by splashing the walls of the studio with stoshies. Yeah, we like that. So, um, sorry, let me get back to my show script here. So, uh, um, yeah, there's ways to send us feedback. Now, of course, uh, um, now we, we are both on No Agenda Social. I am a phone boy at No Agenda Social. Uh, Phoenix is P-H-E-O-N-I-X, followed by a bunch of other stuff uh, at uh, noagendasocial.com. Um, you can send us an email, uh, phoneboy at lotuseffect.show, phoenix at lotuseffect.show. And I assure you, I do check my show email probably on the daily so if you want to tell us we're awesome tell us we suck or like dame jennifer weeda did share an amazing recipe that i will undoubtedly make for the studio 33 dinner portion and the what's phoenix cooking will have that recipe in the show notes so of course you can access it and that is complete with pictures and a review yeah, there you go. Exactly. Um, yeah, we actually we actually did put it. In, it's in the show notes. Uh, whether you use the newfangled chapters or you just go to the you just go to Lotus show slash whatever number episode that was. Um, I don't. What was it? Last episode that we did? Yes, the, it was episode one oh six. Yeah, so that means you go to Lotus show slash one oh six and you'll get to the show page for episode one oh six. That's it. that's right. And the other ways that you can provide feedback is you can send us snail mail if you want to send us a physical package or an actual letter written with a pen, pencil, or other writing implement and real paper from dead trees. You can do that as well. Hit us up in the back channel and we'll give you the address to send it to or. Our favorite thing, you can call 253-237-3321 and sound off on the refire topic for the week. One ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. Dell Computers, this is Chip. And that's right. Ernestine and Chip are not standing by, but Google Translate is, and it will mangle your transcription, and you could end up as a show title. So this week's refire topic was... Yeah, what is, uh, what's your favorite chore? Um, uh, laundry or the bathroom? Um, or maybe something else, I guess. Yeah, I mean, everybody has to clean their house. It's an inevitability unless you're rich and have a maid or children. But yeah. for most of us, we're all adults here, and we have to clean the house. So what is it that you have to do around the house that you do not dread doing, or at least you can tolerate it enough where it's not uh, put on to another house member to get it done. Of course, if you live alone, then it kind of sucks because you're it. So you better <laughs> you better be good with uh, what it is that you need to do for house cleaning because you're the only one doing it. But yeah, call 253-237-3321 and sound off on that or any other topic that we have brought up. So we have this clip. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide and say, give it to me straight, doctor. I can take it. However, when you do send us feedback, there's just one thing that we do not want. We don't want your shit. Please don't send us your shit. That's right. Be respectful. And although we have said it a million times, we'll say it at least a million more. We don't care if you use words like fuck and cunt, but do not be racial. Do not fuck with us because we don't have time nor tolerance for any kind of prejudice bullshit. If there's any prejudice around here, it's going to be done by us. God damn it. Fair enough. All right. So I guess uh, I, I guess uh, it's time to actually start this show, which is uh, amazing. So Brought to you by Pfizer. Yeah, the health segment is brought to you by Pfizer. But uh, I... The fuck it is. But, you know, there's this. 
There are three things they have learned never to discuss with people. Religion, politics, and the great pumpkin. Yeah, the great pumpkin. Now, it is that time of the year, right? I, I don't know. We, uh, honey, I'm sure you've watched that as a kid a, a bunch of times. Oh, you? my God. Countless times. I loved that was. OK, so from Halloween forward, it's literally it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. There was some Charlie Brown Thanksgiving thing. And then when I was little, it was most definitely Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Frosty the Snowman, and of course, the Peanuts gang doing their Christmas thing. Yeah, you, you, yeah, it's not Christmas that watching a Rankin-Bass, uh, you know, the you know the stop animation uh, yeah, Christmas special, which is what the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer thing is, yeah. A- absolutely, and it's also not Christmas unless you watch uh, somebody get their tongue stuck to a pole. Uh, Bumpuses! You'll shoot your eye out! And also... Fight me on this, folks. There are those who think Die Hard is a Christmas movie and those who are wrong. Fair enough. Yes. So, yeah. And, and yes, they, and they all suck. Yes, they all suck asshole, Blue Douche. I, I agree. But however, it is part of the season, right? It's I think I made the comment last night. So so your mom was watching a uh, your, your mom was watching a movie on uh, uh, she was watching. What was it? Uh, she she had on like the Magnificent Seven, I think. Yes. And, I, and I asked if it was the original or the remake. Yes. Well, it had it had Charles Bronson and Yul Brynner. I think it's so the, was original. the original. Yeah. So I think I think it is the original. Yes. And, and but so, back back to pumpkins here. Yes. OK. Well, the only thing I was going to say is it wouldn't, it's not Easter until you see the Ten Commandments on TV with the old Brenner. But anyway, that's a, that's a whole different. Okay, was, I think that's one of those things where you and I are going to heavily differ. Oh, I'm not going to necessarily watch this. Just because it's on TV doesn't mean I watch it. Okay, um, but we're talking about yes, we're talking about childhood. Pumpkins. Yeah, we're talking about yes. And that as a child, these are what we did from Halloween yeah. to Christmas. Fuck Easter. Yeah. Fuck the Ten Commandments. Fuck Charles fucking Heston. Charlton Heston. Yeah. All that shit. Don't need it. Give me my peanuts and my Rudolph and all of my wonderful childhood memories of getting so excited and watching these programs. It was just something you had that was special to you. And what's also special is pumpkin seeds which yes, is which is why which is why we, yeah which is why we did the whole uh, the great pumpkin thing because it was, it was from pumpkin it's so um yes we've we've rediscovered these they, they sell them at costco uh, the, the pumpkin seeds and they're shelled too yeah. like you don't have that annoying outer shell that you have to crack through you just have that wonderful glorious crunchy delicious green seed yeah. So, yeah, they're they're a rich source of protein, unsaturated fatty acids, vitamins, fiber, and minerals. Now, more than 1.3 billion pounds of pumpkins end up in landfills each year after Halloween. But before discarding the jack-o'-lanterns on your porch, make sure you save the seeds, right? Because you know, more than uh, so. Okay, to- I, I just have to interject the fact I found the writing of this, the way that they worded that, is fucking lame because the seeds, as soon as you carve the jack-o'-lanterns. You should be saving the seeds. And I just, I thought the way that they worded it was really stupid. And I can assure you that we are going to get pumpkins tomorrow with the matriarch. We're going to take her out for a little outing. And we are going to carve jack-o'-lanterns and have a great goddamn time. But we are also going to be saving the seeds because it doesn't take that much. And we even have gloves. So if anyone has that squishy, gishy aversion, just put some, like, medical gloves on the you know, disposable ones. And then you don't have the ishy gishy reaction and you don't get all sticky, but 
it's really not that hard to separate the seeds from the guts and then you just <coughs> lay them flat on a baking sheet. I recommend using parchment paper because then it doesn't stick and you're, I mean, trust me, anyone who has ever done pumpkin seeds on a sheet tray and not had some covering, which foil doesn't work well. They still stick really bad to foil. Thankfully, they don't stick bad to parchment paper, but if you've ever had to try to scrub that shit off of a bare cookie sheet, you're fucking OV. Like, you've just ruined your cookie sheet because the only way you're getting that shit off, yeah, you might be able to soak it off, but most people don't want to have to wait and have a sheet tray full of liquid soaking up to soften the pumpkin guts that have then been baked onto your cookie sheet. So just do yourself a favor, and when you do your pumpkin seeds... Put parchment paper down. Yeah, there you go. A cooking tip. Now, um, now a quarter cup of uh, you know, there's certainly there's certainly a a, a, a great snack. Uh, that's why we bought two. Uh, we got we bought. I think we bought the last. We bought two. the last two bags because what we didn't know was that they had them on sale. So everybody went ham, and we got the last two, and they're not that big either. So sadly, I'm hoping I'll be able to hit the Costco in Nashville, and they'll have some. And we can have enough to make it until we get to our next Costco trip, which I don't even think they'll have them by then. But one can hope. Yeah, they they're, they're, they come and go, from at least in my experience with them. But now, a quarter cup of dried pumpkin seeds ser- serves 180 calories. Not that we care about the calories here, but they're a rich source of protein, unsaturated fatty acids, vitamins, fiber, and minerals. Now, the high fiber content in pumpkin seeds helps in blood sugar control. It makes you feel satiated, according to the, and And it also has... Um, That's actually really true. Because I have a small container of them that I keep in the car with me. And because of the size of them, it's easy to just take a small little handful. And I'm not fisting the nuts like JCD, but I kind of shake them into my mouth and crunch them all into little bits. And truly, between eating them slowly and you don't need a lot of them because, of course, they are kind of carby. But they're super delicious. And yeah, it takes away that nagging hunger that I get by the end of my day and I'm driving home. And since I have a two hour commute home, it's very helpful to satisfy me so that I'm not making bad food choices. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, it can help. The problem is, of course, it's easy to overeat, but here's, here's some of the, here's some of the, um, the, uh, things that you get out of eating uh, pumpkin seeds or the or potentials, right? Of course it all, you know, everybody is a little bit different on this, but pumpkin seeds contain uh, magnesium, the mineral essential for bone strength, regulation of blood sugar, blood pressure, and heart health. Now, some animal studies have shown that consuming pumpkin seed oil may help reduce cholesterol and high blood pressure, two main factors that affect heart health. Now, I'm not sure that that that's necessarily true, but that's, but again, a, a source of magnesium and magnesium. Magnesium is an important thing. So, um. And magnesium is extremely important. If you're taking a magnesium supplement, you probably should also be taking a potassium supplement in order to get the full benefit. So it makes me wonder if you're taking potassium, if just eat a good dose of pumpkin seeds if it would be equivocal well i do know if you have too much magnesium well that's there's a reason why they uh there's a reason why they uh, they they, they it's, ma- it's magnesium citrate that's in the thing that flushes you out before you go in for surgery yeah so in other words you could literally <clears throat> excuse me end up with a a case of the shiites and and absolutely positively nobody wants a case of the shiites i don't care who you are that's that's just not where you want to be 
Oh, that's right. And then now it supposedly has any uh, inflammation control because they have anti-inflammatory abilities, which can be beneficial for the functioning of the liver, bladder, bowel, and joints. Now they are a good source of antioxidants like flavonoids and, and, and uh, f- 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 phenolic acids that help in the disease protection and inflammation control. Um, now studies show that pumpkin seeds contain compounds that can protect against certain types of cancers, including breast and prostate cancers. And it can. And now I think this for, this last one is also one of the benefits of if you have enough magnesium, it does help with sleep. There's that. that is okay, actually, I, I want to add something in here okay. though, because of the fact that pumpkin seeds help in trying to protect against like breast cancer. I just find an interesting connection between the fact that pumpkin seeds are most synonymous with Halloween and October is breast care, breast cancer awareness month. Just a fun fact there. Oh, there you go. Um, now, yeah, the, so pumpkin seeds contain sleep-promoting minerals such as zinc, copper, selenium, and amino acids such as tryptophan. It also contains magnesium, which is also good for sleep. Uh, studies show these minerals in pumpkin seeds can help in reducing stress and anxiety that lead to disturbed sleep or insomnia. Well, okay, uh, it's probably a good thing. Now, how much to eat? Although, uh, how much of them should you eat? Uh, well, although pumpkin seeds serve as a superfood with excellent health benefits, uh, make sure you don't overeat them. Uh, they, they, so, it can lead to, to issues such as constipation, gas, and bloating. Uh, yeah, and also high and magnesium, but I would also say that they're also carby, so you probably shouldn't have too many of them anyway. If you're, you yeah, know. that's what I mentioned before, is that they are rather high in carbs. Okay, well... Uh, and, and apparently high in fiber, too. So, you know, constipation, gas, bloating, that can happen, and we all know how uncomfortable that is. All right, well, I think it's time to go into the next story. Cover all 9,000 taste bud. Aerate it. Warm it up. Well, uh, okay, so the so um, yeah, there's there's apparently there's we th- we only thought there was five basic tastes. Now we think there's six. Uh, so a new taste response has been identified in humans, and it's a pu- was it was a st- the study was published in Nature Communications in early October, and it, it uh, found that humans can also detect an- ammonium chlorides, creating a strong sensation. Re- researchers describe as bitter, salty, and a little sour. So the sixth taste would add to the five basic senses of sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and umami. Uh, now D- Nicole Avina, PhD. PhD, associate professor of neuroscience at the at the Mount Sinai School of, uh, of Medicine, uh, and the author of Sugarless, said the ability to taste ammonia, a smell and a taste that indicates certain foods, including seafood and meat, have spoiled, may in fact be a survival mechanism. Okay. I, I'm interested in this. This this just really kind of... Um, th- this broke my brain for a moment, folks. Believe me. Your first line of defense when knowing if something has spoiled is definitely your sm- your your sense of smell, your olfactory. Why the hell would you ever when that smell hits you, why would you go so far as as to the second stage where you put that in your mouth and taste it? Ugh. Be smart. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, so it's been long known that ammonium chloride produces a taste sensation. However, this is the first study to investigate how our taste buds actually respond to it. Now, to determine how ammonium um, activates taste cells, the researchers exposed cultured human cells to ammonium chloride. Now, they found that the compound activated a specific proton channel known as the protein optoparin 1, or optopetrin 1, or OTOP 1, a type of receptor expressed in our sour taste cells. 
cells. The researchers also investigated how mice responded to water with and without ammonium chloride. Now, they found that rodents without uh, OTOP1 receptors did not react to the ammonium chloride, whereas mice with OTOP1 receptors avoided the compound. The study suggests that the response in both human and mouse OTOP1 channels is similar to how receptors react to the acid. Now, the researchers concluded that OTOP1 receptors are essential for helping humans detect the taste of ammonium chloride. Now, there's, this is a new study that suggests uh, in cell cultures and animals that there may be a new taste receptor, the OTOP1, that responds to the taste of ammonia, says Amina. Well, okay, well, that, that sounds... That sounds amazing. Um, so uh, I'm not really impressed by it. Well, no, it's amazing that it. Well, it's amazing that it, it, it that it exists. Or they figured I figured something out about it. I know what you're dealing with is not is not that impressive. Uh, um, so, but I think uh, I think we I think we need to move on to the next story oh. though. Oh, oh. I was I was waiting for the Shiites to come with that. No, I wasn't going to give you the Shiites. Okay, well, with while many people in the know or when it, are in the know when it comes to Ozempic and Wegovy, they may not know the difference regarding the possible mental health side effects of these medications. Now, Wegovy label lists adverse medical or me- medical no lists yeah or mental health side effects med- 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 medical medical mental health I don't know there's I'm sure that's a show title or something. Um, um, yet Ozempic's label does not so Wegovy has has a, they list adverse mental health side effects on their on their label but but Ozempic does not. Well, you know, they've got enough problems with all of the bad press that they're getting. So I'm kind of thinking that it's not necessarily a bad thing that it's not on the label. They don't need yet another reason for people to hate this medication. There's more than enough already. Okay, so both drugs contain semaglutide, though, which, according to Wegovy's warning label, could raise the risk of anxiety, depression, or suicidal ideation and attempt. Now, according to Dr. Sethu Reddy, president of the American Association of Clinical Endocrinology, there's a valid reason. It's not that the FDA or whatever the drug company is are lying to us or the public about or not hiding stuff, uh, he told Healthline. Now, higher amounts of semaglutide glutide in Wegovy compared to Ozempic could be why more adverse mental health effects were reported in clinical trials for Wegovy. Already said. Now, common side effects of Ozempic and Wegovy may trigger mental health side effects, and they include nausea, vomiting, constipation, and diarrhea. Now, of course, the worst side effect is probably the gastrointestinal effects of the injection, which we've talked about in the past. Yes, we have. Yeah. I mean, the, these drugs are just not great. I just think it's funny, though, that he's like, oh, it's not that the FDA is is lying or hiding stuff. No, they would never do that. Yeah, well, anyway. Um, so I guess, uh, yeah, there's not much to say about that. It was just kind of a, just, it was, it's like, yeah, well, okay, just just because one drug that has the same, it has the same active ingredient doesn't have list the side effects. It's like, well, yeah, it doesn't, that doesn't mean it doesn't apply at that lower dose. You could still have it. It just wasn't exactly. reported enough that they actually have to list it. So Exactly. I find the whole thing to just be... <clears throat> bullshit. Yeah. Well, so. um, all right. Well, speaking of bullshit, can we move on Absolutely. to the next story? Fortified with eight vitamins plus iron. Yeah. Now it's funny was we pulled that from a, we pulled that from an old Cookie Crisp commercial. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So you, when you want to talk about it, it's it's almost kind of watching these old uh, cereal commercials. You go, oh, it's got eight. It's fortified with eight vitamins. Well, you know, and this is and, and so yeah. Don't. It, it's kind of the don't look over here thing where you want to highlight the fact it's fortified with eight vitamins and minerals, and if it wasn't good, I wouldn't. Feed it to my kids. Again, I think we have to say. <clears throat> Bullshit. 
bullshit. Yes. Now, a new study has identified a compelling link between vitamin B12 deficiency and chronic inflammation, which is associated with a range of health problems, including cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and neurodegenerative disorders, not to mention psychological issues if you're looking at vegans. But uh, published in the Journal of the Science of, of Food and Agriculture, the research examined the effects of circulating B12 concentration on the levels of two key inflammatory markers in both humans and mice. Now, the vitamin B12 is an essential nutrient, which, by the way, your body cannot make vitamin. When we talk about what is an essential nutrient, that means the body cannot make it on its own. Now, there's a lot of nutrients that the body, if it doesn't, if it's not getting in its diet, it can it can make it itself, right? It, it's it's got it's got right, like yeah. the whole you know gluconeogenesis and things like that. Yeah. And again, this is why B12 is the most prominent deficiency that vegans run into because when you're not eating meat and animal products that contain the B12 because your body can't make it, well, you have to take it in a supplement and yeah. you have to take a good amount of it. That's right. Now, so the so the vision so it's uh, it's critical so the vitamin B12 you don't have B12 you don't have B12 you're going to have a lot of issues now um, its deficiency can be the result of dietary insufficiency particularly in the vegetarian and vegan populations or inefficient absorption in the body now this can lead to a range of complications including neurological disorders uh, it could also lead to veganism which itself as a which which itself as a disorder as far as I'm concerned uh, while previous research has hinted at the potential anti-inflammatory properties of vitamin B12 the precise relationship is not fully understood now. A team of researchers in Spain, that'd be, that'd be a fun place to do some uh, research, uh, investigated the effects of vitamin B12 on the levels of two molecules in the body which promote inflammation, uh, specifically interleukin-6 uh, or IL-6 and C-reactive protein or CRP. Now, the study utilized samples from a randomized subsection of participants in uh, PrediMed, a large clinical trial based in Spain de designed to assess the effect of the Mediterranean diet on the primary prevention of cardiovascular disease. An assessment of the serum levels of vitamin B12 and the con concentrations of the inflammatory markers revealed a correlation between the two. Now, our study has found in general, the more vitamin B12 an individual has, the lower their inflammatory markers are, which I think is worth <laughs> yes. We call this an inverse relationship, explained Dr. Marta Kovacekva, uh, a post doctoral researcher at the Institute for Research in Biomedicine in Barcelona and the first co-first uh, co first author of the study, um, which is... That's yeah. a weird way to say that, but that's exactly how it came from the story. Yes, I know. So, And anyone who knows anything about the Mediterranean diet knows that the things that this diet highlights are fish, nuts, olives, uh, lamb, lean meats. I mean, it you know, healthy fats. It's not a bad diet. I don't shit on the Mediterranean diet whatsoever. Except, except it depends on what depends on what is actually the Mediterranean diet, which is a whole different discussion. But. Well, yeah. I mean, the things that make sense because they're native to the Mediterranean being in that diet, I can completely understand. To me, it is a whole different animal from the sad or standard American diet or traditional Western diet. Well, all right, uh, but let's actually talk about the top, tw according to Healthline anyway, the top 12 foods that are high in vitamin B12. Now, this is this is in the order that they listed them in. And so the so the number one item in this list is animal liver and kidneys, which, and you don't need much, right? A 3.5 ounce, which is 100 gram serving of lamb, beef, or veal liver, which you probably wouldn't eat that much of, uh, contains up to 3,571% of the, of, the, of the daily value for vitamin B12, while the same serving of kidneys contain up to 3,000% of the daily value value so it's yeah and 
I mean, we haven't had it in a while, but we may need to break out some veal and the cast iron skillet and get a little naughty to uh, boost our B12 levels soon. Yeah, that's right. Um, now, clams are also a good source of that. I know, uh, which is which uh, a 3.5 ounce uh, serving of clams contain up to 99 uh, MCG of vitamin B12, which is 4,120% of the daily value. That actually sounds like a better bet to me. Go make some clam chowder instead. And you know, I make a pretty badass clam chowder if I do say so myself. Yes. Um, uh, sardines uh, of, uh, are also a good bet. A, a cup of drained sardines contain up to 554% of the daily value for uh, vitamin B12. That's all you, bro. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've had, I used to buy sardines. They sell them at Costco and, and, and it's, it's, it's useful as a snack, but yeah, they're not, they don't, they don't taste very good. So it's a good way to find out if you're really hungry. If you're willing to eat a sardine, you're hungry. Dude, you eat sardines because you like them. Don't fucking all put up a front behind the mic, Mr. Man. You know you eat them shits because you want to. Nobody is no. going to eat a sardine that does not want to eat a sardine. I'll tell you right now, if it's between eating a sardine and starving, I'm fucking playing Gandhi. Yeah, well, I can tell you, no, I, I, there's a reason I haven't bought any more. I haven't bought any sardines since moving over here because I don't like them that much. I was. Ironically, I'll tell you what contains sardine. And it's actually fucking delicious. And that's Caesar salad dressing, actually. Oh, there you go. Well, probably because probably because of the fact that Caesar salad dressing contains anchovies, which are probably which are probably are very similar Wait, to sardines. It's, that's what it is. It's anchovies, not sardines. Why was I I got those two mixed up. I apologize, Petalheads. It is anchovies that is in Caesar salad dressing. I I yeah. I had a brain fart. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Uh, however, um, I do like, but but yes, uh, I mean, I used to eat sardines too. I don't do that uh, so much. Now, I do eat beef every day, which is real. That's what, it's anchovies that you eat happily. Yes, exactly. See, like I said, I got the two confused. Sardines are actually larger than anchovies. Yes, exactly. Um, so b beef is on the list. And so, you know, beef, mm, three, a, a 3.5 ounce uh, serving of beef. That's a, that sounds like a snack to me. Contains about 5.9 uh, micro uh, MCG of uh, vitamin B12, which is 245 percent of the daily value. So um, apparently just eating a good serving of beef will all, is, is uh, you know, is a good thing. Right. That, that's where you get some of the That's where you get a lot of your B12. Right. Um, is that now. Now, of course, they have to list the, 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 the bullshit food on here. Right. But wait. So, so here we go. Stroganoff, beef bourguignon, Irish beef stew. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but you know, guys, beef, it's what's for dinner. Yeah, so uh, so fortified cereals listed on this, and they and it says so. A sort of uh, cereal fortified with vitamin B12 may also help you increase your vitamin B12 levels. One cup of malto meal raisin bran. Oh God, horrible. Yes, provided sixty-two percent of the daily value with with about with like three hundred percent more sugar than you should ever possibly fucking consume. All right, anyway, let's because you're not supposed to be consuming sugar anyway. But moreover, raisins are are nature's sugar turds. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tuna is a good choice though. Um, so Especially the stuff we get that yellowfin. Oh, <laughs> so good. Yeah, so um, a 3.5-ounce uh, serving of cooked tuna provides 10.9 uh, MCG of vitamin B12, which is 453% of the daily value. That's a good one. Uh, now, of course, th th here's, another, here's another food, fortified nutritional yeast. Uh, so two tablespoons of nutritional yeast may provide, may provide up to 17.6 MCG of vitamin B12, which is 733% of the daily value. Why would you have nutritional yeast, though? I'm not quite sure about that. Uh, um... I have not, because yeast isn't something that we consume, I I know of it, but I don't know 
what you would use it in or what you would put it in other than probably the traditional like you know breads and such which i don't know why you would want to do that because that includes grains but anyway i'm gonna look into this whole nutritional yeast thing and get back to y'all okay so uh, a trout is an is a source as a 3.5 ounce gram of certain contains 7.5 mcg of vitamin b12 which is you know pretty which is pretty good salmon's another great choice uh half of fillets is more than 200 percent of the uh, vitamin b12 um okay they're gonna have in in I'm going to say this because I have actually dispatched a salmon in culinary school. I want to know what they're considering a half of a filet. Because let me tell you, salmon are fucking huge. So to eat that large of a piece of salmon, I mean, they're probably talking about the one that's just maybe the size of a small square of lasagna, essentially. But the way, you know, you're talking half a filet. I mean, you're easily getting a foot of fish. Uh, so, Fliberty Jewett actually uh, uh, sounded off here on the on the nutritional yeast. Uh, it's used as a substitute for grated parm cheese. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, and, and is used by um, is uh, you know in salad dressings mostly. So, definitely, we definitely appreciate your feedback. That's why we do the show live with a troll Absolutely. room, so that we can we can be educated on things that we don't necessarily know about. Uh, fortified non dairy milk, also known as consuming a whole lot of sugar, one cup God, of soy yeah. milk. Oh, oh, it's oh one cup of it Soy milk oh! contains 2.1 micro MCG of vitamin B12 or 86% of the daily value. Now, it also contains probably more sugar than you need to consume. Uh, now, milk and dairy products are, are a great source of vitamin B12. Uh, one cup of whole milk provides 46% of the daily value, and one slice of Swiss cheese contains 28%. I'm getting plenty of B12 because there's a lot of foods on this list that I'm scarfing. Yes, same thing with eggs. Uh, yeah, you know, you cooked me half a dozen of them this morning. Uh, uh, it's always what I cook you. I have three, mom has three, and you have six because you eat more than we do, which is fine. Because you are a protein machine, and the fact we put some bacon with it, well, you know, your favorite breakfast cereal That's doesn't right. hurt nobody. That's right. So, um, but I tell you what does hurt somebody is uh, the subject of this next story. Ooh, I mean, yeah, get, yeah I, I apparently I didn't. Uh, no, it was my fault because I had my shit on a different board. I pulled a phone boy. Okay, well, now play the next clip. Jeez. Your hair smells terrific. Okay, so that's from a commercial from a product that I don't think I don't think I ever saw in the, in the store. But it was I but, don't ever remember seeing it. No, it, it didn't last very long. Clearly, but it's literally the product is "Gee, your hair smells terrific." It's a it's a shampoo. That is the name of it. Yes, and and so this that's where this commercial came from. But unfortunately, it has something to do with something you probably don't want to smell from aldehyde. Uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has proposed proposed a ban on the use of formaldehyde in hair relaxers as it is linked to short and long-term adverse health effects, including the risk of cancer. Here's a problem. We've known that formaldehyde causes cancer. It's one of the reasons that, and I don't know if other people know this, but again, with the blended American tobacco, yeah, those cigarettes contain formaldehyde. And this has been a problem for many years. Why all of a sudden, I mean, first and foremost, why the fuck is the FDA and everyone who in the government branches who regulates these things that we are able to consume, why has this not been banned a hell of a lot sooner than this is what I want to know. Well, same here. Um, now, um, hair smoothing, smoothing and straightening products that contain formaldehyde release the toxic chemical when heated. Now, breathing in formaldehyde gas can be harmful and cause immediate reactions ranging from irritation of the eyes and throat to coughing, wheezing or chest pain to chronic or long term problems 
problems such as more frequent headaches, asthma, skin irritation, and allergic reactions, and possibly cancer, FDA said in a fact sheet. Now, the ban could come into effect by April of 2024. Why so, again, why is this not something that has been banned prior to this? And why are we waiting so long until April to put the ban into effect? Come the fuck on. Aldehyde, oh, so formaldehyde is a highly toxic gas used in the production of various household products, cosmetics, medicines, fertilizer, paper, plywood, and some resins. It is also used as a food preservative. What? Um, you didn't know that? I did not know that. Yeah, that's why wash everything. Yeah, exactly. So according to the Centers for Disease Control, I'm not going to say and prevention because the, about the only thing they prevent you from doing is being fucking alive. What these True. fuckers do. Exposure to formaldehyde can irritate the skin, throat, lungs and repeated exposure can possibly lead to cancer. Now, the International Agency for Research on Cancer um, classifies formaldehyde as a human carcinogen. Formaldehyde exposure from chemical hair straighteners is known to increase the risk of uterine, ovarian and breast cancers. Exactly, because we all know carcinogens cause cancer. That's right. That's why that, that it's in the name. Uh, a study uh, pro pro published in the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences last year suggests that women who frequently use hair straightening products uh, more than four times a year face over twice the risk of uterine cancer compared to those who do not use such products. Although the study has not examined specific brands or ingredients that elevate the risk, the research is attributed to the parabens, uh, uh, bisphenol A, metals, and formaldehyde in hair straightening products. Now, a team evaluated the association between ovarian cancer and hair straighteners in a 2021 study found an increased risk with frequent use of these products. Now, in another uh, research conducted in 2019 to evaluate breast cancer risk by ethnicity, a higher risk was associated with hair straightener use in permanent dye, especially among black women. Now, the chemical used in hair relaxers can disrupt the endocrine system and can cause for reduced fertility in women, according to a study published in the American Journal of Ep Epidemiology. Okay, that well... I mean, it, it's proof. They're literally trying to kill us. Yeah, well, they're trying to they're trying to kill us in lots of different ways here. Um, speaking of another way to kill us, uh, let's play the next what clip do here. Heroin, Pez dispensers, and hippos have in common? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, well, they yeah, but uh, see, I always I always thought that doctors uh, distribute statins like Pez. And that's kind of that's why we got to that clip, just so you know. Uh, so now, two widely used cholesterol lowering medications, uh, Rosuvastatin, a Crestor, and Atrovastatin, a Lipitor, were equally effective at preventing heart attacks, strokes, and death, and the need for procedures to restore blood flow to parts of the heart. A new study found. Now, the study was published on October 18th in the BMJ, uh, and it, it focused on people. People with existing coronary artery disease, a type of heart disease caused by the buildup of plaque on the inside of the arteries that supply blood to the heart. The research showed that these two statins are equally effective at reducing the risk of future heart-related events, at least over the short term, said Dr. Sanjeev Patel, an international cardiologist at the Memorial Care Heart and Vascular Institute at Orange Coast Medical Center in Fountain Valley, California. Now, um, now, if you already have if you already have heart disease, you really have heart disease, might be one of the few times where a statin might actually help you a little bit. But the problem is, is that they're giving it to people that don't act, that they're, they're, they're giving it to them preventatively. Exactly. And, and that's where, you know, we're not trying to say that we're doctors or we know all that there is, but we know from our own research and our own experiences that these drugs are literally being prescribed to people, which they are known to cause other health issues and they're just doctors and patients are not putting the connection together. So in order for me to take a statin, you're going to have to show me overwhelming evidence that it's going to 
be life or death for me if I take it or if I don't. Because if you can't prove, you know, prove to me indisputably that without this drug, I'm going to die. I'm not fucking taking it. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much kind of the. St- and I had this discussion with my doctor at some point. I, I, I just once I've kind of once I figured out what statins were doing, I'm like I'm not taking these anymore. And I told my so I went to I was I was at my doctor for one of my checkups, and I and I said, well, well, doc, um, so why did you prescribe me this medication? He said, well, you've got risks of type two diabetes, blah 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 blah. And by the way, um, now there, there's a, in, statins. In the- one of the side effects is wait for it. Type two diabetes, and in fact, in the rest of the story, let me so so um, so I'll, I'll I'll skip ahead a little bit in the story. So the Rosuva statin group had a higher rate of developing type two diabetes that required medication, seven point two percent versus five point three percent, and a higher rate of cataract surgery, two point five percent versus one point five percent. Other safety outcomes were similar between the two groups. Um, so now the now of course the study authors found that the overall benefit of taking a rosuvastatin still outweighed the risk of developing type two diabetes. Now my conversation with the doctor went something like this: I said, "Okay, so you say I have a risk factor for this. How about we actually find out if I actually have any heart disease or not? Because I don't want to take these drugs unless I, but unless I've got a calcium score that indicates I might benefit from them. And so I went and got a calcium scan done, and my calcium score was zero. Which means my risk of a my risk of a heart attack is is infinitesimally low, and a statin would probably do me more harm than good. So I told my doctor, no, I am not taking a statin. In fact, and when my doctor retired, he had moved out, and I got a new I got a new doctor. And this is before the insurrection, of course, because uh, I have not gotten a doctor uh, here yet. But I basically, but, but basically, this is now listed on my um, you know, on my medical record that I'm allergic to statins, which means they're not going to prescribe me a statin because yeah, my I am allergic to statins. I I think it's a I think there's shitty drug exactly so basically you told your doctor lick 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 my balls <laughs> yeah and you are welcome you can t- and in fact i even this is actually this is this is another story that i have kind of related to this so when i stopped taking these drugs i got a phone call from my from my mail order pharmacy which was which is my insurance company um and and then th- this th- this guy said why haven't you refilled these medications i said sir you you're not my doctor i'm not going to discuss this with you i will discuss this only with my doctor and in, at this point, I'm and I'm not. I had I they they got lit into. I'm like, no, I'm not refilling this medication. Do not call me about this again. I will discuss this with my doctor and only my doctor. That's pretty fucking brazen on their part. Yeah, and that's so. Yeah, the, 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 there's and that and that's the last time I use the mail order pharmacy for anything. For if I not that I need anything anymore. I'm not taking any uh, prescription medication. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean the whole thing is just, it, it's like yeah, I won't take these things. But there is there are some studies that again if you've are, if you already if you had a heart attack and you've already and you've got cardiovascular disease, and you actually have signs of cardiovascular disease. You know that includes having a calcium scan where it's like 500 or something. At that point, a statin might actually provide some benefit. Outside of that, I don't see any reason to take it. So um, now, meanwhile, I think, but uh, I, I can see that you had a reason to take some of this next medication that we're talking about here. But these won't help my coughing, aching, and fever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and in fact, you were because that was from an old Nyquil commercial, and in fact, you were taking it was, and and one of the medications that we're going to talk about that qualifies in this that CVL, uh, excuse me, CVS is pulling popular cold meds from the shelves after reports deem them to be useless, That's and r- this bugged the shit out of me, and it, it's it's kind of coincidental that. This is from an old NyQuil commercial because, and and I'll tell you about it. So CVS Health plans to pull cold medications that contain phenylephedrine, or yeah, 
phenylephedrine from its store shelves after federal regulators determined recently that the decongestant doesn't work. Oral phenylephrine is an active ingredient in such well-known products as Sudafed and DayQuil. And DayQuil is something that I take because if I get super sick, I'm taking NyQuil and DayQuil. And no, I don't take the DayQuil so that it will help with my decongestion. I take fucking Robitussin for that. But um, it helps for other things. So the fact that they're pulling this off the shelves just because the decongestant component isn't working the way people want it to, I don't, I don't think that's an appropriate move. But um, an FDA committee ruled last month that the ingredient was useless in easing congestion. We're removing certain oral cough and cold products that contain phenylephedrine as the only active ingredient from CVS pharmacy stores, the company told CVS's Money Watch. Other oral cough and cold products will continue to be offered to meet consumers' needs, the company added. Yeah, well, of course, because of course there's more drugs. If, you, if that drug doesn't work, we got we got we got tons of them for you. You know, we got we got drugs everywhere. Drugs, 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 drugs. Get the drugs. Get the drugs. Yeah, but here's the thing. Okay, uh, phenylephedrine is not the only ingredient in that medication, and it's also not the only cold medication. It, they're literally only listing, um, you know, Dayquil and Sudafed. But there's a ton of, uh, I mean, understandably, uh, you're taking Sudafed because the decongestant doesn't work. Well, fuck, Sudafed's an allergy med, so if you're not getting the decongestant component, you're getting screwed. But there's so many other cough medicines out there that contain this phenylephedrine, but they're not yanking them. I I just find that really suspicious, that's all. Yeah, well, it's, you know, maybe the drug works too well as opposed to actually working at all. But. This is what I'm saying, okay? I'm, I'm going to tell y'all, okay? I beat COVID because that's actually what I think I had, uh, phone boy, if I'm being honest. I think I had that new fucking strain of COVID where you think you're having, like, the worst allergies in the fucking world and you feel like you're going to fucking die. Well, guess what? I didn't feel like I was going to fucking die. I felt like shit for a day or two, but I absolutely dosed the ever-loving shit out of myself. I admit it. I got I got on the big pharma bus for a minute and I was drinking Robitussin, NyQuil and taking DayQuil so that I could go to work without feeling like I was fucking dying. And guess what? Oh, look at that. No ventilator, no hospitalization, no bleh. I had a fucking cold. That's all COVID is. It's a bad fucking cold. Maybe the flu, but I got through it. Which shit you can get over the counter. Didn't have to get no ivermectin or remdesivir or whatever the hell else they're out there pumping people full of. Just a little over the counter. And by the way, when you're eating right, your body's able to fight off this shit a whole lot more effectively. Yeah. So, so, um, in 2020, I actually got, or yeah, and I actually, I got it during uh, the last round of physical CPXs I did. Uh, it, I, I literally, I got, I, I came back from, from Bangkok and I, when I was, and I had basically COVID, right. Or I mean, I didn't, it was before we even talked about COVID, but I mean, it was probably the worst cold I ever had. And, you know, and I, and I, and, and even during that time I ran that whole time. I mean, I did not take a day off because I, I mean, I, I mean, even though I was, I was, I was on the struggle bus a little bit with sleep and some of that stuff. I still got out there and exercised. Uh, but yeah, my body is, was, was because of my, because of my health at that time, it didn't keep me, it didn't really stop me. It was a little bit inconvenient. And I mean, I did a couple of weeks of travel 
battle while still continuing to fight that off. But uh, even though it was not, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't able to rest as much as I would have liked. I still was able to, to, uh, to overcome it because yeah, because I took care of myself. Exactly. And hold on. <clears throat> oh my! That's what. Sorry, that's had, what. That's, we, really use, to, use of cough buttons. That's that's what those are for. That's right. I, I used the cough button, and not because I was coughing, but I had to clear my throat in order to be able to speak and not sound stupid. So, I mean, I had COVID in 2019 before they really realized what the hell COVID was, and I know somewhere there is actually. Um, in one of our stories, we talked about it, and I don't remember if there was a clip or not, where there was a doctor who brought an x-ray to another doctor and said, what does this look like to you? And he said it looked like COVID. And the the first doctor was like, are you sure? And he's like, absolutely. I've, I've seen this. You know, it was a chest x-ray. He's like, I've seen this, you know, tons of times. He's like, you know, where the hell did you get this? And he was like, this was taken in like November of 2019. This shit's been around longer than the news media has been pumping the propaganda machine up and producing the fear porn about it. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I think uh, I think it's time to move on to the next um, to the next story here. Actually, you uh, you have some other stuff. Yeah, here well, I know, but you need to be doing. No, but you need to hit the clip. There's an opening clip that you were supposed to hit. I mean, I know. Yeah, There's you, not. Yeah, that that is the clip that was supposed to open the segment. That is, uh, the, I mean, we talked. We actually even talked about that. I, I, I quit. Do your own. Clips. Okay, I'm gonna. I, well, I, for the rep, yes. I just, I was gonna have you do the intro clip, but I, but I will pull it now. Oreos are just as addictive as cocaine. Yeah. You did not tell me that clip was my responsibility, phone boy. Okay, well, that's that's on me. All there, right. I mean, you watched me twice go through my list of clips, double checking everything. And not once did I hear, Phoenix, you need to put this clip on your board because this introduces the segment. You even looked at the stuff. It's amazing to me. You know what? Mm -hmm. Don't touch my clips. If there's a clip that has to open a segment, don't put it in there. Let me put it in there. Because well, that's how this happened. Okay. Yes, because I saw that and went because I knew what this was going to be because it was because literally it's about Oreos now. So that we talk about Oreos as as, addic as addictive as cocaine. Well, um, now with our with the seventy five hardish we've been doing, I've actually had a little bit a little bit of opportunity to listen to some podcasts. Hey, what a novel concept! Uh, not that I listen to, uh, you know, I tried. I, I I got I got a left going on that I don't I don't really listen to a bunch of podcasts. But I, I finally got to listen to a couple of a uh, couple of episodes of Vinnie Tortorich, and he actually was talking with a with a guy. Uh, um, he was talking with one of the one of the admins in the in the Vinnie Tortorich group uh, that on Facebook, and uh, and he was and he was talking about his experience with Oreos, and I and I heard this, and I'm like, you want to hear how Oreos are addictive? Because I can, I've got my own story about this too. I was gonna say you've spoken about um, the Oreo issue. I, from a personal standpoint before. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So I'm going to play this clip. It's a, it's a long clip. I might stop it, uh, but I think it's a, but yeah, it, it talks about the sort of, and I think it actually says a lot of things in here and we'll, we'll uh, I've, I didn't play this for you and we didn't play this uh, off, off mic. So this'll be, this'll be new for you, I think. That's right. I'm cold listening. Okay. So here we go. I remember back in the eighties, I was, you know, I'm a sugarholic, and that's why I just stay away from it. I'm, and I, I've right. mentioned in the show, I'm a sugarholic. I remember my girlfriend um, would buy, um, um, what was it, Oreos. And she would bring them home, and I wouldn't think about Oreos or anything all day long. I wouldn't even think about it at night, but she, because I would always force myself to stay away from food at night. 
but she worked late and she wanted to come home and have, you know, and she would pull out a few Oreos and dip them in milk. So I did the same thing. And I would find myself, she would eat like five or six. You eat the whole sleeve. I would eat a sleeve and I would go, you know, when I look like a, a pig, you start making deals. I don't right. wanna, I don't want to look weird in front of this other person. If I opened another sleeve, and I would be sitting there going, I hope she opens another sleeve so I can slip a few more out of that sleeve. That's addictive. That's addiction. That's addiction. Right? Because when you go, it, I've sat in rooms, right? I've sat in, in, in AA rooms where people talk about, yeah, I, I had vodka. I would hide in a tank of my, of my toilet. And I'd right. go in the bathroom and just chug on the vodka at work and at home. And I would hide it in my coat pocket in the closet. And, you know, my wife didn't know. I would go in there. I would just hit the, hit the vodka and then brush my teeth and the whole thing. And I'm sitting there going, that was that same personality of, I just ate a sleeve of these. How do I get more without looking like a pig? Without looking like a pig. And then I did that a few times, and I remember thinking the next day, because I'm a health and fitness guy, I would go, wait a minute. What am I doing? What is it that I'm not thinking about? Like right now, an Oreo sounds disgusting to me. I would be in my car driving around to my right. next client in New Orleans, right? It sounds disgusting to me. But as soon as I eat one of them tonight, I'm going to go through that fucking sleeve. I'm going to go through the whole thing. It's the same reason why a heroin addict can't be trusted around heroin, why an alcoholic can't be tr take, trusted to have that one drink. Yeah, I knew that about myself. Yeah, and I and I had that exact same experience. And I'll, and I'll exactly tell you. one one is too many, and also not never you know an entire sleeve never enough. Yeah, exactly. So this is yeah. The, the, I can I can assure you that uh, yeah that 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 this is that this is in fact true. Uh, because I, because, um, so I, I went to go pick up my daughter when she was, she was uh, taking a, a driver's ed course. This is, this was, um, this was a, f uh, a few years ago. And had uh, you already started an SNG by then? Uh, yes, I had. In fact, okay. so, so on the, so I picked, I went to go pick her up and I guess they gave her a snack and it was a little snack pack of Oreos. She opened it in the car and I'm, and I, and I meet my immediate reaction was, you know, it was not good. And I, and I, th I made some comment. My daughter was like, do you want one? I'm like, no, I do not want one because I will want all of them. Oh, we have. Why is this receiving calls? So oh, we need to figure this out. Well, you oh know, my, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it live. Doing it live. Caller, you're on the air. How you doing? Holy shit. Hey, what's up? This weirdo. I was literally just calling to leave a voicemail because like I didn't get to listen live today. Um, I've been out with the family, had a little memorial for a friend that died a while back and whatnot. What are the chances of that? Yeah, for whatever reason, the phone had not been put onto Do Not Disturb or whatever. So you are live on the Lotus Effect. We have never done this before during a show, but you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. We're doing it live. That's right. What, what better person than I? <laughs> uh, that's right. Absolutely. Uh, well, I will just start off with your, the refire topic was uh, favorite chores, right? Is that what I got? Yeah, favorite household chore, like laundry, bathroom, whatever. Ah, see, we have free child labor for that. Um, I like chickening and gardening and, you know, 
putting my hands in dirt and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I, you sent me the picture of the first eggs from your chickens. So that's amazing. And yeah, you know what? Fuck. That's I, I get the whole you know you you've got free labor for that you know in kids. We were talking about that when we announced the refire. But also yeah, gardening okay. and taking care of chickens. Hell yeah, that's definitely chores. Hell yeah. I mean it's all work. I uh I would rather work my own property and benefit my family than go and clock in for somebody else somebody else's benefit. I can agree with that. So Yeah. Wow, I cannot believe my timing today. That is just perfect. Well, and the know, only we... reason I stopped was because um my I think my oil pump's going out on my truck, so I stopped to check the oil because it was starting to knock when I came up to a stop sign and shit. So I was like, huh, I'm going to go ahead and leave this voicemail right now. Wow. Good timing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I guess I guess I forgot to uh, to put on the do not disturb on that, which explains the the missed call notification I got on my when I got a we got a voicemail from a, from a listener earlier. And so, yeah, I probably right. will, I probably will need to put that. I, I, I may leave this open. We'll see what happens here. But it will be interesting. So slow. Hey, this is this is nice. This is nice. Yeah. So so how's the show going? Everybody good? You know, lots lots of mute buttons and whatnot. Always mute buttons. Too many of them. Yeah, dude. Hell Too many yeah. buttons in general. Well, I mean, I guess this was been, this has been a pleasant surprise, but I'm going to uh, get my own show back on the road. Um, I, hopefully I'll make it home in time for the Studio 33. Yeah. Well, so. you know we're going to be here till late, weirdo, and, and we love when you are in the chat and interacting. So thank you for your courage, sir, and thank you for weighing in on your favorite chore. Yeah. Thank you. I love you all. Bye. 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 Now, if anyone else wants to call in live and weigh in, 253-237-3321, since, you know, when we make mistakes around here, we lean into them, well, we're going to lean hard. But in the meantime, we are going to go on to the continuation of our conversation on Oreos with Vinny. Yeah, there, I didn't really have much to, more to say than I already said. Is yes, I've had that experience. Is yes, those things they're addictive and they are they're not, you know nutritionally they're terrible, but it's it's they're all you know that's it's a prime example. And then, you know the only thing I'll say about it is you know Vinny knows what he's doing, and even he realizes that these things are difficult to actually uh, uh, to uh, to uh, you know to resist, which is why he doesn't personally consume them. He that's that's why he's such a hard ass on on sugar because he he understands himself. You listen to him say, look, I acted like a fucking ass addict around this shit i can't have this if he you know and this guy's as you know as fit as a fiddle like you know yeah, I, he is. yeah and if he can't do it then you think you think any of y'all should i mean just just you okay know. i i, I want to actually weigh in on this um i am actually someone who is not an oreo addict i can truly have someone open an entire pack of oreos in front of me and i'm just like that's nice there's only one oreo I ever ate that I enjoyed on a whole nother level. And it was a special edition cookie butter Oreo that I believe the cookie was made of like graham cracker and the center was cookie butter, which is um, trying to remember what the name of the cookies are, but it's a certain cookie that they pulverize and it's just, oh my God, cookie butter is the shit. If no, if you've never had it, I'm going to have to find this product and post a picture in the chapters of the cookie butter Oreo 
situation because OMG these and they were around because the only time you can get cookie butter is during Christmas. I'm pretty sure you may be able to get it um, on the shelf year round, but I think it's primarily Christmas time when you see cookie butter. But oh, man, I'm just going to say like those Oreos, those weren't safe around me, like open pack, empty pack, big old quart of ice cold milk. And it is on. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, so I think um, I think we're going to move on to the next story. I've kind of moved some things around here. So you were a preemie. Even smaller. Yeah, and Cabbage Patch Kids. When we talk, we find a story about preemies. It's like, what are we going to use? Well, uh, weren't there weren't there a preemie doll or something? I remember that. And I actually still have my Cabbage Patch preemie that I got when I was young. And I can tell you, it was 1985 when these dolls were introduced to the world and found under the Cabbage Patch leaf. So the reason we played that clip is because low birth weight babies, those born with a weight below 2.5 kilograms or 5 pounds, 8 ounces, are at a higher risk of developing metabolic dysfunction associated stea... Oh my God. I know you know how to pronounce this. Stea... I can't even. Steatotic liver disease. Wow. That, that's that's a yeah. big deal. Now, I wanna, now, okay. I want to I want to highlight this out. All right. Because this because this so I want I want to highlight this because because I'm because um, the book I am reading during my 75 hardish uh, uh, exercise at least right now is Gary the Gary Tobbs book uh, the case against sugar. So I'm actually so I'm actually we, this book was used when we were working on your uh, your essay for it, for it was for my English class. It was used in my um speech class speech well it, i think it's called communications yes but yes yeah, speech this, class exactly so this book has been very influential in my life since we got it and it it's just it's a really good read but gary tobbs talks about and i was getting to the fact that the metabolic dysfunction associated whatever that word is liver disease was formerly known as non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, or NAFLD. You've heard us talk about this before. Yes. Now, the, the point I was going to make with... Well, okay. Well, the point I was going to make from the book was the fact that this disease did not exist in the literature prior to 1980. No, it did not. That is the point I was trying to make with all of this. Why I brought up Gary Tobbs is like the re So just, I want to, so they've renamed a disease that didn't exist prior to 1980. Something wrong here, folks. Well, because of the fact that they have to make it more appeasing. Yes. You know, they have to make it sound scarier. Now, what I will say about this is that the condition may manifest in childhood, adolescence, or young adulthood. And babies born with a weight below the 10th percentile were three times more at risk of developing, I'm going to call it NAFLD, y'all, because that's how I learned of it. That's, I don't give a shit about the rebrand of it. I'm not playing with the rebrand. So the risk of, they were three times more, they had three times more risk of developing NAFLD early in life compared to those with an adequate birth rate. Now, fatty liver is a chronic progressive condition caused by fat buildup in the liver. The condition was renamed MASLD as it has close association with the metabolic syndrome characterized by obesity, insulin resistance, and high levels of cholesterol or lipids. Yeah, and again, it didn't exist before 1980. And you've heard us talk about the fact, what happened in 1980? Oh, only high fructose corn syrup introduced into the mainstream food supply. Nothing nefarious there at all. Well, actually, it had already been in the food supply at least 10 years, but that's when it, but that's... No, I'm yeah. saying it made, it, it replaced a lot of regular sugar in 
a lot of commercial products yeah, like that you're sodas, right, that you're right about. cereals, etc. That's what I was saying. That's the year that marked the high fructose corn syrup entering the mainstream food supply in just about everything that people were consuming, which caused the obesity rates in the country to absolutely skyrocket. Now, it's become the most common cause of chronic liver disease worldwide, and it affects 38% of the world. Researchers established a link between NAFLD and birth weight after a population-based case control study. It included all people below 25 who were diagnosed with NAFLD between January of 92 and April of 2017 in Sweden. There were a total of 165 cases. For each person with NAFLD, researchers included five controls from the general population to minimize the effect of variables such as age, sex, calendar year, and country of residence. Now, the researchers found that individuals with low birth weight or those born as SGA, small for gestational age, below the 10th percentile in weight had an up to six-fold higher relative risk of developing more serious stages of NAFLD in the form of liver fibrosis or cirrhosis, which of course is scarring and and, um, scar tissue uh, that forms in the liver. It's deeply concerning that individuals born with a low birth weight face a heightened relative risk of the disease at a young age, as early onset NAFLD often persists into adulthood and has been associated with an increased risk of developing cirrhosis and end-stage liver disease. Moving forward, it's important that we develop proactive and effective strategies such as early and targeted screening to identify at-risk individuals and help reduce the burden of this disease. Now, there's a clip that goes along with this. Yes, there is. And, and, and so um, so in the, in uh, one of the other episodes, I, a very recent episode of, of, of Vinny's podcast, uh, in this case was with, with Gina Grad. Uh, actually, it's, it's funny because, because uh, you know, we talk about fatty liver disease. Well, you know what? He, Vinny kind of explains what, what actually causes fatty liver. And, it, and it's interesting that... Uh, that uh, Force feeding a goose is apparently uh, apparently not allowed in California, but nothing wrong with uh, your kids, uh, uh, you know, getting uh, getting in on the action. That thing I always talk about when you come to the state of California, they they made uh, goose pate illegal, right? Right, and you would say, well, why did they do that? Well, you have to force feed a goose sugar, sugar and grains. You got to force feed them that. So they could get fatty liver because fatty liver is the you know that's how you get really good goose pate. And then Wait I sit a there, second. Yeah. Okay. We know that when you force feed sugar and grains, you're going to get fatty liver because it happens in a goose, and you made that illegal. But Gina sent me a picture of her son and what was in his packet in his school bag for one day. And Gina, what was in that bag? Remind me of what, oh. the type of stuff that was in that bag. Every kind of cracker and chip and like probably like uncrustable, you know, like the shelf stable, uncrustable peanut butter and jelly and um, juice and yeah, all that kind of stuff. So sugar and grain. So the one thing that we we made it illegal because we were worried about the poor fucking goose. Right. But Gina's kid goes to a school and that they're force feeding him that. So. Bravo on getting the ball rolling, but yeah, the the first step. 
I don't see jack shit that just happened. You really want to impress me, California? Get the crap out of the schools. Yeah, that's not going to I could happen. not agree more. Yeah. But- and not just California. All states, all schools, stop fucking force feeding our kids sugars and grains and carbs and the shit that is going to hurt them later in life under the guise that, oh, the national health guidelines and the food pyramid and fuck you. Just fuck you. Stop it. Fuck you. Yeah, not to not to mention the yeah. I mean, I've I've read the school lunch menus in our local paper here. And, you have, and and there and it's 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 abhorrent the kind of shit that's in that that's in that stuff. It is absolutely abhorrent. Abhorrent. Yeah. And um, I I did want to have a, a little chat about the fact that this story that we just did about the under um, underweight babies and whatnot. So, personal story. When I was born, I weighed four pounds, two ounces. I was a preemie by all rights and responsibilities. And the fact that this is something that now I have to think about in my late 40s. Um, I mean, I don't. I, and I remember, OK, when I was born, I had jaundice, which is a yellowing of the skin due to. It's it's caused by the uh, a problem with the liver, which it usually corrects itself. And I would probably have to talk to the matriarch to find out exactly how they treated it. But I do remember I've seen my own baby picture and I looked like a tiny little naked monkey. I was so teeny tiny and I had these hands and these feet. I swear to God, there's a reason why my mother nicknamed me Manchi Chi which is a little monkey from back in probably the seventies or some shit. There's commercials. I have seen them. It was cute, but nonetheless, you know, it, it just kind of makes me connect the dots and wonder, is this something I'm going to have to worry about, even though I've cleaned up my diet and, you know, I'm living a more healthy lifestyle because of the fact, I mean, how fucked just because I was born, at just over two pounds or four pounds. And the fact that I had jaundice now makes me go, well, fuck me. Maybe I need to actually go to the doctor and have a test done to see like, where am I at? Because I really don't want to all of a sudden think everything is fine. And then I'm laying up in a fucking hospital bed with tubes coming out of me because, oh, you were a low birth weight, and yeah, here's an affliction. Uh, I, th- I don't think, I, honestly, as long as your diet is cleaned up, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be an issue. I mean, that's a, it's a, because that is, because the only way that that actually happens, if we're being honest, the only way that that happens is uh, if, if, you, if, you, if you eat, if you eat bad for a really long time, right, you may have more risk of developing it, but as long as you're doing the things to actually prevent it from occurring in the first place, I don't see that you're going to necessarily have, it's going to happen. It's only, man, it's an increase risk it doesn't mean it's going to happen and i understand that but it does serve to make me just a bit nervous that this is something that i may have to face simply because i was a very low weight baby yeah well we all we all have our things that have come up i mean i actually you know that's something i'm damn sure made up for it i can assure you yeah exactly well um so this clip this clip uh, was also out of the same episode i just pulled this in it's not really um i don't really have an intro for it because it's 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 almost kind of an entremont but but it actually this is something we may we we may need to look into as as something to eat at some point i am definitely going to look into this. Yeah, so I'm going to play this clip about uh, about Kohlrabi actually. 
I was going to do steak and zucchini pasta, you know, just zucchini ribbons. And I thought, oh, how do I flavor this up? Should I melt a little butter? Should I put a little salt and pepper? I go, what the hell am I talking about? I took the steak off the pan. I had the liquid gold in there. I tossed this giant pile of zucchini noodles in there and just tossed it to coat with all that beautiful steak juice. And I got to tell you, it was the most sumptuous meal I've had in days. Um, yes, we, we what, do that. What were they doing? Not doing that. I'm going to take you to a new level. Oh, this shit. is, this is going to be mind bending. Okay. Do exactly what you did, except get kohlrabi. Oh, okay. You can get kohlrabi to get closer to a pasta type consistency and it's delicious. <clears throat> you go, go with kohlrabi. Huh? It's a German turnip. Mm hmm. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had kohlrabi. It's um, it's it's good. Um we we do it, it, it I, I don't know how Serena cooks it. I don't know if it's steamed or boiled or I don't know how she cooks it down. But I can get her to give you the recipe. But then she I'll see it in the pan after it's been somehow cooked down a bit. It'll be in a stir-fry like pan oh. and she's putting in heavy cream. Yeah. And um Parmigiana, fresh, Ugh. and black pepper and salt and everything else. And then she'll put a little pile of that and then on top put a big piece of, uh, of fish. Right? Can I move in? Yeah. I mean, it's the woman, and people go, oh, what do you guys just eat steak every night? No. Yeah. Now, so. Oh my God. Okay. By, by oh the way. So, okay, okay. So. Okay. So Serena. So Serena. Oh, is, Serena is was is quite literally a Bond girl because she she was in she yes, was in. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yes. Uh, so so uh, so the, so the Bond girl can cook apparently. Um, uh, apparently, but. Uh, I just had an orgasm. Listening to that description, I'm I'm behind the mic with phone boy going. I'm fucking making that kohlrabi pasta. That's fucking happening. And then he's talking about putting heavy cream in and salt and pepper and parm. And I'm just like, oh, my God, it sounds so yummy. Yes, I, I, I knew when I, I knew when I had that clip, I'm going, I'm going to get her with this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is goo, 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 go. All right. Now, meanwhile, it is time to move on to the next segment. We're finally into the happiness segment. <laughs> well, took us long enough. It, well, yes. The and, and, key to life. Is a penis in your asshole. Now, how can you tell if your cat truly loves you and not just tolerates your presence for food? Which we've often discussed with cashmere. Exactly. So, um, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, the, uh, I th- and I, yeah, and I had some own, my own stories about previous uh, previous cats in that regard, especially right around before the insurrection. The, the, the behavior of the uh, of the kitty cats in the house changed dramatically. Uh, and, you know, certain behaviors occurred that I wouldn't I wasn't going to necessarily expect. Uh, but uh, so anyway, uh, the way to your pet's heart may be through toys or treats. But if you're like half the pet's parents, physical touches, their furries, friends, preferred love language. Now, a survey of 2000 cat and dog owners found that whether petting them or get, at 83 percent or giving them hugs and kisses, 62 percent responders believe that they're speaking their pet's love language. I, yeah, my yeah, cashmere likes being pet with feet. I think that, that that's He's it. getting a little better. You can actually pet him with hands occasionally, but I do know that he has his own way of showing us that he loves us. And actually, where I got that clip from was a YouTube video that highlighted like 10 different ways that your cat shows you 
that he loves you. And analyzing it, I'm like, wow, Kashmir actually does a lot of those things. And I'm always telling Phone Boy that despite the fact that Kashmir was my cat, like I have been replaced big time in the fact he is, you know, Kashmir and Phone Boy are inseparable. That is his best friend all day long. I am second fiddle no matter what. No, it, seem, it seems to be the case. Um, but yeah, mainly, mainly probably because I showed him my feet and said, yes, you can, yes, you can, you can sniff my feet. Yeah. And the fact that like one of the things in the video they talked about was your cat sleeping on you. And just this morning, I accidentally kicked cashmere because I brought my leg down really quick on the bed and he was sleeping on the corner where he usually does. And I immediately was like, oh, I'm so sorry, cash. I didn't mean to kick you. Da, 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 da. He gets up, turns around and lays on my foot and just stares at me and then falls back to sleep. And I'm like, well, fuck, I can't move now. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. Now, almost two thirds of the, okay. So, the next most popular pet love language is quality time, twenty-seven percent, which included letting their four-legged friends sleep in their bed, playtime, and bring their pet along when they can. Now, almost sounds two, like us. Yeah, and almost two thirds of those surveyed believe that they share the same love language with their pet. Now, conducted by one poll on behalf of New Low Pet Food, the survey confirmed that food still speaks volumes to pets, and that fifty-three percent of owners aim to serve high-quality meals. Now. We certainly do. Yes. Pet parents take showing affection seriously, with 95% of pet owners believing their pet knows how much they love them. Now, at the same time, 65% of respondents say they are on the receiving end of affection in the form of their pet following them around all day, sleeping next to them in bed, giving kisses, and playing with them or their toys. Now, almost half of pet owners believe that their pet views them as the best friend, and 42% agree that they see their pet in the same way. Now, I've said that numerous times to Cash. I'm like, you my best buddy. Yeah. Not only are they speaking their pet's love language, said Heather Eckhoff, uh, Nulo's Director of Research and Development. They're going above and beyond to provide optimum care and nutrition to ensure the healthiest and happiest lives for their pets. Yeah. Well, anyone who has a pet that they truly love is going to do everything they can to make sure that their fur baby stays healthy and happy. And that is, you know, that does include us. That's right. Um, you know, we we definitely feed them species-appropriate food, and we're, you know, we're pretty, uh, uh, you know, we're pretty... We've even trans... Um, transitioned where his treats are even grain free and good for him. Yep. And he has conversations with you over the roast beef from Costco. I have certain um like wet food that I feed him that he really enjoys. And of course it's things like, you know, real chicken and real um duck, stuff like, you know, rabbit. Everything species appropriate for my boy so that he can live the longest, happiest life possible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and this, it's, yeah, it's, you feed your pet the way you would feed yourself. Although it's funny because you started feeding your, feeding cashmere that way before we got together, before I, even... he has, since the day I brought him home from the shelter, I have fed him a grain free diet because for whatever reason in my head, I was like, Hey, this is the right thing to do. He'll be healthier. And even the, you know, the, the mushy food that I get him has vegetables in it. I've got one down there, uh, right now in the cabinet that's chicken and pumpkin. Because, you know, we're in pumpkin season. And the little shit likes it. I was totally amazed. Now, of course, he's one of these weirdos that he'll lick all the gravy and then walk away like, okay, that was good. Then in the middle of the night when you don't see his sneaking, creeping ass, he'll eat half or three quarters of the chicken and vegetables that's in the bowl. He does the same thing with the freeze-dried chicken treat. 
that we get, we get a big bag of, they're, they're actually chicken cubes for dogs, but they're bigger than the ones for cats and they're the exact same thing. So we're like, well, fuck, you know, value for value here. We're going to get the ones from dogs and then we just break the pieces of chicken up into a couple, three pieces and that's a snack for him. And again, I, you know, I'll pull it out. I'll break it up, toss it on the floor for him. He'll look at me like, fuck you want me to do with that but then later you come back and up oh, where'd the chicken go yeah we know in in cashmere's tummy that's right so um now we also know this is the, the, we now it's time for this uh, for the next uh, story we know that Now, uh, Sam Kaplan of Lawrenceville, Georgia, has added many items to his resume over the years. But on May 11th, in his 72nd year of life, he added a particularly late line item, a college degree. Uh, alongside classmates 50 years his junior, Kaplan crossed the stage in cap and gown to receive an undergraduate degree in cinema and media arts from George Gwinnett College. His 99-year-old mother was there to see it all and cheered as well as she could. Now, Kaplan, who graduated from high school in 1969, so before I was born, Holy uh, shit. had not considered college. He went right into the workforce in various roles. Sounds like me. According to the news release, he ran a cleaning service and then a telemarketing company. He worked in customer service for a wholesale distributor of electronics and even drove a taxi part-time. Wow, this guy's worn a lot of hats. Yeah. I I'm the first of my seven siblings to earn a degree, said Kaplan. I was riding down 316 and heard... On the radio that George Gwinnett College was offering a degree that involved script writing. My car seemed to have developed automatic steering, and I pulled off on Collins Hill Road. Five minutes later, I was registering for the fall semester. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't as easy as one might think, and, and he at first round first found it difficult to remember how to study, how to make friends, and all the other skills being a student required. Tell me about that shit. Yeah, so he committed himself to taking one student a day, asking about their methods, hopes, and approaches to, his, to the class. Well, okay, so I want to interject the fact that when I started... Um, college at Roan State, the first class you have to take as an incoming freshman, no matter age, whatever, is a calls 1010 class, which literally does exactly what he's talking about. It teaches you how to study. It basically reinforces what you, because of course it's geared toward the ones who are coming right from high school to college, but it teaches you how to study. It teaches you how to organize your notes and take notes. It was frustrating at first, and I have to say, a little annoying, especially because the way that they are teaching to study and to take notes is wholly different from what I learned when I was in school, you know, 20 mumble years ago. So thankfully, there are classes for those who may not be good at taking notes or organizing how to study. So it is actually a beneficial class. And of course, I got an A in it. But it, it was still frustrating. But I'm glad that ca that class does exist. Yeah, and if, of course, uh, yeah. And he had no doubt. And he had no doubt had help from advice from his five children. But he also said as his classmates really opened up during those chats, and that helped him excel. Now he'd always participate and would offer advice and assistance to his classmates. Since since Kate uh, uh, Ballsley, associate professor of film, who taught Kaplan in a number of classes, Sam was always willing to share photos and stories about his interesting life and his family. We're so proud to see him graduate, but we will miss him. Now with his degree, we'll expect to no doubt see his name in the credit rolls of an independent film in the not too distant future well that's really cool yeah i thought that was i thought that was a cool one i, I mean kudos to this guy for going back i mean hell y'all have heard me talk about the fact that you know i'm i'm 40 mumble years old 
and I'm just starting this whole college journey. And because I've had to throttle back so that I can make sure that I still keep my bills paid and help keep our house afloat. Yeah, I I had some great advice from my friend Tigger, who you've heard me talk about before. That and also from Hempress Emily, who I have a new show with, Coffee and Chronic, Monday morning, 7 a.m. Central. Catch it on the Lotus Effect stream. But those two fine pedal heads gave me some great advice that I really wasn't too aware of, even though Phone Boy had mentioned it, that I can literally take one class per semester if that's how far I need to trim down my schedule. And I can still get my degree. And it doesn't matter if it takes two years, five years, or 10 years, or whatever. As long as I complete all the requirements, at the end of this road, I will have that degree of which I am striving for. And the fact I can retake one of my classes that I took, that even though I got an A in it, I didn't earn that A. I've talked about that. I want to retake that class and I want it to be my grade that I earn. Even if it's not a fucking A, at least I know I've got the integrity and I earned it myself. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, all right. So it's, I guess I, I, we, we're starting. Uh, we could go on to the next story. Yeah, that's that's a that's a uh, uh, yeah. I haven't Lilo and Stitch is one of those movies that I that I that my kids watched that I'd actually enjoyed, but that was that was also I have never seen it. I'm like the only one in my fam as far as like my kids have seen it. Uh, I don't think. Well, wait, my ex isn't part of my family. What the fuck am I talking about? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Yes, I. You know you fucked up. I can't believe I fucking said that. Yeah. But yeah, so my kids have seen this movie, but I have not. But I am familiar with the whole Blue Punch Buggy and Ohana, etc. Yes, exactly. So yeah. Um, so a generous woman decided to do something fun with her last wishes, offering her car to anyone who would come to attend her funeral. Her name was Diane Sweeney, a lover of family faith and her VW Beetle. Passing away suddenly in July of last year, she had told her nephew Rick Ingram about her plan to give away her car in a raffle if she died. She told a few of us her wish, Ingram told fox news digital i remember it as clear as day she said whoever comes to my funeral i want them to have a chance to win my volkswagen beetle and i said oh diane i'll make that happen ingram along with his cousin decided to really make a go of it and told channel 4 news of oklahoma city that they planned to take out an ad in the paper and wanted to see if they were interested in covering the story which they were which and which packed the funeral home now, one of the people answering the ad was Gabrielle Abonham of El Reno, Oklahoma, who joked with some of her friends that they should go. But then the more she thought about it, the more she really wanted to go. She managed to convince her big sisters to take her there. And at this funeral, she got to experience firsthand the life and kindness of Miss Sweeney, who died without ever having ever married or had kids. It was very interesting not to know her and to see her life through her family's eyes, Bonham said. Now, filling out a raffle ticket and really enjoying the experience. Besides, Bonham went home and heard nothing, figuring someone else had claimed the silver 2016 Beetle. In reality, it was just taking a long time, more than a year, to organize the legal side of Sweeney's estate, but the, but two trusted keepers, Rudy Espinoza and Taylor Hunt, still had all the tickets and with them from the funeral. After everything was finally signed, sealed, and settled, Hurt and Espinoza spun the tombola and out came Bonham's ticket. The now 16-year-old was on a trip when she got the call, describing herself as freezing with her jaw open and confusing her whole family. Every person I told about it had said, oh my gosh, that's what you should, that's what I should do whenever I pass away. Or I should do something like that at my funeral, said Bottom. I think it's really cool to see some, something good happen and the effect that it makes on other people who weren't directly involved in it. Just people want to do good things. It's amazing. 
And it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ingram, who made the call announcing the winner, said it went to the perfect person, a young woman in need of a reliable transportation at the beginning of her adult life, um, taking the keys away from a woman who had just finished hers. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's quite a, that, that's, that's a, I mean, that's, that's called paying it forward. You know, I like Hell that. Yeah. yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Meanwhile, we got, we got another, we got one more story here in, the, in this segment. If my skin's fresh and healthy looking, I guess it's cause I've gotten down to basics. Yeah, well, you have. Uh, so, uh, what if washing your hands to prevent getting a flu, a simple flu virus, wasn't all wasn't all that was needed to prevent skin cancer? And as bold as that sounds, it wasn't an Anderson Center laureate who came up with the idea, but a 14-year-old. Now, uh, Heman uh, Bekele, a ninth grader at W.T. Woodson High School in Annandale, Virginia, was awarded the twenty-five thousand dollar grand prize as the winner of the twenty twenty-three Three M Young Scientist Challenge with a melanoma treatment in the form of a bar of soap. Uh, as the winner of the nation's premier middle school science contest, now in its 16th year, Bekele has uh, been accorded the prestigious title of America's top young scientist. Now, he explains that his work was spurred on by discovering the recovery rate of melanoma in the U.S. compared to sub-Saharan Africa, though 90, 99% to 20%. By combining simple compounds in the soap that kept the costs low, he was also able to create a product that stimulates the activity of dendritic cells, which act as protectors of skin cells. The need for scientists and innovation to develop solutions for the world's biggest challenges has never been greater. This year's Young Scientist Challenge finalists have demonstrated the skills required to reimagine what's possible. Intelligence, curiosity, collaboration, and resilience, said John uh, Benovitz, uh, the, uh, the Executive Vice President and Chief Technology Officer of 3M. Uh, the magnitude and complexity of the issues these young minds are working to solve is inspiring. Congratulations to this year's finalists. We can't wait to see what you do next. Now, skin cancer is one of the most common cancers in the United States with an average annual treatment cost of $8.1 billion. Inspired by this costly and widespread health issue, uh, Heman uh, developed an affordable soap solution that could positively impact skin's cancer outcomes. And over the next five years, he hopes to refine this novel innovation and create a nonprofit organization that will distribute this low-cost solution to communities in need. Never going to happen. Big Pharma's never going to let that product make it to uh, production. Well, now that not only that, but the the fact that the, the the reason why people are getting skin cancers because they're eating dog shit. What else is new? We've been able to circle back everything that ails people to change your fucking diet, and this is just another example of stupidity, which leads us to the cavalcade of stupidity. And we actually have one this week. I, I, though I always I always prepare one as a backup just in case, and I've I've got one picked out for for that period. But now we're gonna play. We're gonna so uh, the, here's a here's and, from. And Sir I, I want to say an extra special thank you to. Rev Cyber Sir Rev Cyber Trucker. He had a fuck of a weekend and a hell of a week, and he still got the cause in for today's show. Thank you for your courage, Sir Rev Cyber Trucker. We love you, brother. All right. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Meanwhile, we're gonna play the cavalcade of stupidity as it comes up here. Are we gonna load it. Pedalheads, and welcome to the Rev Cyber Truckers Cavalcade of Stupidity. As we continue our com comedic exploration of Halloween, I'm going to go back to the Merkins again. And this time, they are paying homage to Jason Voorhees of Friday the 13th. Now, the Merkins have masterfully crafted a musical narrative that pays homage to the terror-inducing legacy of Jason Voorhees. 
So tighten your grip on reality and let the music immerse you in a world where every beat echoes with the ominous promise of fear. So prepare to be thrilled by the Merkins as they bring you their track, Jason Voorhees, Every Life I Take. So we'll play the full version of that, plus the song it's parodying at the at, on Studio 33. It we, was a really good one. Thank you, Rev Cybertrucker. Fantastic. Yes, yes, it is. Now, uh, okay, so we are to the Toast and Jam segment. We, we probably need to come up with a clip for the Toast and Jam segment. I'm you sure. know what? I really think we do need to. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, that's about the only segment, and we, we've now that we've even added the segment, we didn't, we have not put a, a, a clip for Toast and Jam. It's kind of, it's kind of just the take a break from, t- from pushing buttons, uh, I think. I think that's Shameful. Yes. Okay, so... Meanwhile, um, so what do you have from Rideshare this week? I, you, you, I think your first story on Rideshare, uh, yeah, this oh, my Phoenix first, rant incoming, I'll just warn you. Yeah, my first story is definitely a rant. So I had scheduled two rides last night that paid better than $30, which for me makes me very happy. It's a good amount of money for not a lot of work, not a lot of time invested because of the, you know, where it's going from and to, et cetera. So this ride was supposed to pick up at the airport. Now, I had been online the entire time, and approximately one hour before the pickup time, there is a filter that is set that the only rides that you will be offered are rides that won't make you late for your pickup. Now, the problem with this is that I had this filter set. The pickup was for like 10.15 or something insane like that. No, I'm sorry. The pickup was for 8.55 now that I remember it. And it's getting close to 8.55 and I've already seen the message that says that the filter is on and you won't get any rides that yada yada yada. And along the way I had picked up a $3.50 bonus which would be added to the amount that I would make for the ride. Well, first, the filter doesn't fucking work. And it offers me a ride that would definitely make me late for this pickup. So I decline it. 
takes my fucking bonus amount away. Then if that's not enough of an insult to the injury, it never dispatched me. It kept giving me the fucking message, preparing ride request, and then it just dis-a-fucking-peared. So that really pissed me off. And then the next ride, see, their tech is so fucked that it does not realize that, okay, there are ways where if you're going to overlap rides, it will not let you take the one that would cause an overlap, which is good. The problem is the algos are not set up to where it can figure out this is the ride that we are offering you. This is the time you need to be online on your way or on the app on your way to this pickup. This is how far away it's going to be. The algos need to figure out that there's times when if you take this particular ride, which it should not be offered to you if that's the case, that you're going to be late for being able to head towards your pickup. There's, there's a lot of shit with Lyft that's getting on my fucking nerves. And the fact that this is not the first time that they have taken a ride that was worth a good amount of money and just fucking poof, bye-bye. And I was furious because I had my night planned out. I would have been able to be home earlier than I was because I had decided that these other two rides, you know, the one they fucked me on and the one I would have been late for, those would have been the last rides for the night. And I could have been home in a more decent hour. Nope, didn't fucking happen. So that's that's my rant on if you're going to have something, how about make it where it fucking works. Yeah, good luck with that. that, yeah, that even, I know. Even, even way too much. Yeah, well, what I suspect happened now that I cuz 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 we were ranting about this live on Rideshare Radio last night to a degree. Um as I'm thinking about this, I'm cuz now that I'm hearing this story again, I'm thinking it, it I, I think the ride disappeared, but it wasn't uh necessarily um you know something that could uh, the the, the uh, but not not everything was up to date. There and this, the problem in these lar- I, I can I can actually explain probably some of the or at least at a high level some of the technical issues that go that go on with stuff like this actually and so a lot of caching going on right because there's there's many servers they're all talking to each other and they're not always all up to date with each other and so sometimes you end up with one part of the of the you know the application stack which isn't which is a lot of different moving parts on a lot of different servers and that kind of thing um that uh, yeah, one part you, you you know one part has been updated, but the other part isn't updated, and so you end up with this Ooh. weird you end up with this weird situation. Now the now Lyft should be able to figure make their shit actually work so that it knows how to deal with this kind of a situation. You would fucking think, especially because of the fact that I refreshed the app several times. I even restarted my phone, and it just did not you know. Yeah, there, there, exactly. So it was a problem on the back end, clearly. So, uh, but I, but I'm guessing that that's actually that's probably what happened here. It's it's based on based on the description of this. Now thinking about it and kind of and, and, and not also being like excessively fucking tired, which yeah, it's been it's been a long week, folks. Um, this is true. Now another thing about rideshare is that I had a ride last night. It was actually a fantastic ride, and I'm going to send the video to Phone Boy so he can upload it to the chapters so that you all can see. There was an awesome house close to where this customer was dropped off that had an amazing inflatables display for Halloween on their front yard, and I took a video of it because it was so fascinating. But 
the the point of this story is that during the conversation with this writer, he was telling me how his daughter was at college at BYU. And she was talking to him and saying that people were, you know, he asked her her opinion on what was going on over in Israel. And she said there was a lot of talk about it on the college campuses. Now, I had also seen a story on the M5M while I was at the gym. Now, of course, I'm reading subtitles because I'm not actually listening to the propaganda, but it's right there in your eyeballs. You just you happen to read it. And I'm kind of glad I did because between the conversation with him and having watched the M5N bullshit, basically what we're hearing is that on these college campuses, there's a lot of support for Hamas. And they're making them out that they're the fucking good guys in this conflict. And it's like he and I both were extremely outraged. And he told his daughter he was like because she was saying, you know, it's a lot of social media and this and that. And it's like, first of all, stop fucking going on social media because it's not fucking good for you. And also it's full of shit. But on top of which. The fact that, and this ties into something else that uh, Phone Boy and I were talking about, is how can you support Hamas and the way that they ruthlessly attacked the Israeli people? Now, I understand this conflict has been going on for 3,000 years. I get it. But that does not negate the fact that how can you sit there and, and propagandize these college students that, Palestine are the good guys. Now, understandably, okay, it's the people, not the country, that we support. Or I should say the people, not the government. And the same is with, it's not that the Palestinians are bad people, necessary. It's the Hamas and the other terrorists that are fucking things up over there that are the problem. Not necessarily the... Um, the residents of the country, you know, and that also leads to Phoneboy and I were talking about, and I don't think we're covering it. I think we thought about putting it in the dishonorable mentions. The, um, oh God, what was the person, uh, fuck. Oh, Homeland Security. This dumb bitch working in Homeland Security Literally posts, was it on Facebook? It was some social media platform. I don't know which it, which it was, but basically posted online somewhere that they that supported, you know, you know, fuck Israel. Right. And yeah. And this it, person it, works for the fucking Homeland Security Department. This is a to me. That's a homegrown motherfucking terrorist. What the fuck are you doing working in the Homeland Security office? And you're going to say, fuck Israel. Really? That's a clean out your fucking desk moment if I ever heard of one. Seriously. You're fired. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, well, I'm, that's, yeah, but I'm sure that the people that are actually in charge are quite okay with that, so. Oh, probably, yeah. but, you know, fuck them. All right, so uh, so, um, so, what's this cocaine deal breaker for date? You did not tell me this, this story. Yeah, no, I didn't. It was funny as hell, though. So, the, um, you've heard me talk about the fact that there is a vineyard and winery owned by Kix Brooks down in Arrington, Tennessee, that I want to take you to, because I've heard that the wine is out of this world. So good. And of course, because, you know, wine is kind of a thing that we do, I think it would be awesome 
But nonetheless, so I had to make a pickup down there. And I swear to God, almost every time I go down there, if I'm picking people up, it's a fucking four pack. There's going to inevitably be somebody in my front seat. So it's these four young girls. I mean, obviously, you know, over the age of 21 because they're able to drink, but they're from Miami and they were having a conversation. And one of them in the back was talking about a guy that she was dating and that she broke it off because instead of spending time with her, he wanted to do cocaine. And it was just really funny, the, the, the whole story of it. So basically, they would get done doing the deed and he would, you know, they would go to sleep or she would go to sleep and he would go out at like one, two o'clock in the morning to go hang out with his fucking buddies and get coked up. And she was just like, yeah, this isn't going to fucking fly with me. And I just, the way that she told the story was just so funny. And I just, I thought I would share it with you all because, you know, apparently, you know, c- cocaine was, uh, what was the, uh, the bridge too far, if you will, for her. And apparently she's thinking about getting back together with him because he's, uh, matured and he's not doing that anymore. So, you know, good, good for her. There were also several other conversations that were absolutely insane. There was, there was one that stuck out that I, I have to tell you really quick about that I did not even list for the segment was this girl was saying how she met a guy on Bumble right there is your fucking first problem. He insisted they weren't even dating and he was insistent that he wanted to fly her out to Virginia to meet his parents and his family and shit. But then and and apparently he works as a sound engineer. He kind of does the shit like Booberry does and you know, oh, he was on tour with the Backstreet Boys and now he's on tour with Nickelback and, you know, commitment issues and just, oh my God, like to listen to these girls was some of the funniest shit. And especially because the one in the front seat, I, I so got these girls. They were laughing hysterically because the one in the front seat is on her phone doing Christ only knows what it was none of my business, whatever. But the the three in the back are yak, 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 yak. And the one in the front will occasionally pick her head up and be like, he what? And, and it's something the girl had said like five minutes ago. And I literally, at one point I was like, have you not been listening? Are we not, you know, in the same car with this conversation? I'm like, here, let me break it down for you. And I'm like, and the ones in the back are dying. And And I looked at, um, the ones when I got done, like doing the whole rapid fire thing, I'm like, did I miss anything? She was like, holy shit. No, you got it all. It was hilarious. It was a moment you had to be there. All right. Well, all right. So, um, but meanwhile, um, we, what she had to be there for is, uh, well, so cashmere. Okay. So we were, we were laying in bed. Uh, was it last night or was it the, it was last uh, night. It was actually last night. Cause yeah. So, um, so, um, uh, so um so ca- so one of the ways that cashmere le- so we we closed the door in the bedroom um 
um, it, you know, at times and, and we were, and, and, uh, we were in cashmere. One of the ways that cashmere lets us know he wants out is he taps up, he, he, he reaches up to the doorknob and taps the top of the doorknob. Well, okay. He's so, so yes, he, he, so I walked, so he, he was doing that for a little bit and I, and I, and I walked over there and I said, so cashmere, do you want out? And I, and I proceeded to, uh, proceeded to pet him with my feet and he kind of, he kind of relented and said, no, I'd rather have you uh, pet, pet you with my feet. Uh, so I was, I actually, it was a, it was a, it was a kind of a cute little thing. It's like, oh, I guess I guess you really don't want out with your feet, don't you? Because because it was a oh my god, it, it was truly adorable. Yeah, exactly. So it was, and it's that's just one of those little moments that we we have we have those moments from time to time. Just to, especially with the cat. Yes, especially with the cat. Um, yeah, um, yeah, he jumped up. I think he, yeah, he he's been uh, a lot more uh, friendly, jumping up on the bed and coming up to us and that kind of thing. And, and even, I'm telling you, I think it's the new comforter we put on the bed that he likes. Yeah, it might very well be. Um, I'm not sure where I. I think I. What I, I? Okay, what? And I said dork squared. What was the other? The what? I did something ridiculous, and you were laughing hysterically and told me that I was a dork squared. Yeah, that's that's what I did. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't remember exactly what it was, other than the fact that um, somehow it led into a conversation about, I think it was a dream you had? About Sir A1 Sauce and Dame Geek Squared. Well, actually, it was about Geek Squared, who happened ah. to be, yeah, there was, but I just, but I mentioned, I mentioned it in that context, because they, they were a couple at one point, and they're not anymore, but. Right, but you having called me a dork squared had actually led to that dream, I believe. Yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah, because her, yeah, because her handle is, is Geek Squared, and, that's just, and, I'm, and, I, and I said it, I'm like. Why the fuck did I say that? <laughs> you know, this is kind of like bizarre. Yeah, it was kind of bizarre. Now, uh, now, what is also um, maybe not so bizarre, but uh, we 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 uh, we were playing. We played a song last night by Katie Lang, and you met, and you had a story about a photo that I thought might be worth telling it, on this. It uh, is kind of worth telling. So back, um, wow, like twenty two years ago, like for reals, I had a friend who lived in North Hollywood. And she knew I, w and she was a photographer, uh, among other things. She was a gigantic, awesome, like, you know, just so, so diverse, like amazing person. But because I am a huge Katie Lang fan and she knew this, she actually had a photograph of Katie Lang on her motorcycle that was snapped just moments before she rode down Sunset Boulevard. And she sent this photograph to me and I still have it in a frame. It used to hang over my computer. Now it sits in a storage box, which once we have our house, I'm sure I will unpack and hang that photograph. But it's always meant something to me because I've always had a gigantic crush on Katie Lang. And that's just been a very treasured photo for me. All right. Yeah, I can understand that. It's kind of like my uh, my ticket stub of uh, going to the going to Pink Floyd. Yeah, that, exactly. That's it's which is in my if I if I recall it is in the uh, the 30th anniversary Dark Side of the Moon CD that I have uh, in, in in my that, that I was that I that was one of the few things I got back from Wisteria Lane. So um, that uh, but um, yeah. Um, and now what we did get um, we did get, so it explains why. Okay, it's going to. I think this um, we we got I this uh, we're, it's voicemail time. I'm sorry. I'm having I'm, I'm having. 
colliding thoughts here and I can't seem to get any one of them out. Uh, so you can call 253-237-3321, right? Uh, and you can also weigh in on this topic of what's your favorite uh, household chore or your, maybe your least, uh, your, 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 your least, uh, you, or you hate the least. Uh, so uh, we actually have the phone. If you call in now, you're actually going to get us live. But right now we're going to play this voicemail. I actually will put, the, and hopefully nobody calls while we do, while we play this uh, particular voicemail here. But uh, uh, 253-237-3321 to sound off on, on your favorite, uh, on your on your, your least uh, your, your least hated uh, chore that you do in the house. Uh, it doesn't matter, indoor or outdoor. What? It doesn't matter, indoor or outdoor. Yeah, there you go. It, it was, yeah, now double the mute button uh, fuck-ups there. Uh, so Apparently. Yeah, here we go. FYI, you could probably shorten up the amount of rings on the on the vocal mail thing because you know just gonna go straight to vocal mail anyway. So, uh, yeah. um, well, I'm doing some chores because we got a little get together tonight at the casa, and uh, yeah. So she cleaned the she cleaned most of the bathroom. We just got a small little bathroom. Just cleaned the bathroom and I wiped down the toilet. I mean, wiping down the toilet like whatever. I mean. Not the bug factor, it's just the, like, I think it's more annoying because it's like there's always, like, the hair or a little dust or something like that. No matter how much white, it's, like, just kind of, like, sticks there. Just, like, get off. Anyway, um, yeah, laundry's, laundry's easy. Um, I mean, right, it's just the two of us. So most of the time I can do all the laundry in, like, one load, maybe two loads, like, if we're doing the sheets and, and all that jazz. But most of the time, just one load a, one load a week and... Usually do it on on Saturday or something. So, uh, yeah, laundry's easy. Putting away though, like it's been sitting on the guest bedroom bed for like a week or, or since last week actually. We just have been pulling stuff out of there and haven't I haven't sat down and put the stuff away. So, hey, it's a different story. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely say that uh, laundry laundry is the favorite out of the two because yeah, it's just easier. But again, don't have a big family and all that jazz, and uh, so and it's obviously cleaner. But uh, yeah, putting it away is always uh, is always the thing because it'll get done at just some random time, and then we throw it on the guest better bed just so it's out of the way. And yada yada yada. So anywho, well, I hope you guys are having a lovely day. As up. Uh, cleaning some gutters and because uh, I was like, yeah, that should get done while I'm spraying down stuff in the backyard. And I was like, oh, wait, I got to call, got to call you guys. So hopefully it's still in time. We'll see. Anywho. All right. I love you guys. Appreciate you. Stay cool, but it's already getting cool out and, uh, or it is cool out depending on where you're at. So, and stay dangerous and, you know, know what to do. Get that hearty. Thank yes. you, Mr. Christopher Battles. I, I love the fact that you took it literally to weigh in on whether you hated cleaning the bathroom or doing laundry less. That wasn't necessarily what we intended, but you know what? Oh, oh look at this. We have a live call. Yes, we do. Hi, well, call. You're on the air. Weigh in. Laundry, bathroom. What's your favorite chore? I have two favorite ones. Yes, uh, yes, Mama. You have two. What are your What are your two favorites? Washing dishes, and part of the reason for that is I just like to have everything all neat and tidy. 
And another reason is because I happen to like the scent of the dish soap that I use. It's Dawn Gentle Care. It's a pinkish colored stuff. And y'all are not going to believe the second one. But oh, don't do tell, Mama. I like cleaning the litter box. Believe it or not. Well, okay. yeah, that, that, that's all right. Yeah, I, I can, I, I can go with that. That's understandable. Um, yeah, because I, it shows my cat that I love her, and I too, I get to see, you know, how she's been doing during the day when I'm not here, working down the hill. So. That's my two favorites, and it's freaking me out hearing my own voice in the living room. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> that is too funny. Here. Yeah, well, we, we, yeah, we, 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 we this it was kind of an accident that this happened, uh, but, but a happy one. But I, but I decided, well, it, as as we typically do in the show, when we make a mistake, we lean into it. You know, it's that's even right. that's like all the mute buttons are just like, yeah, we just made it, we just made it part of the part of our charm that occasionally a mute button gets fired that shouldn't be, and. You know, we just and you know, much like if something happens, it's like, well, I guess we're doing this right now. So, and you know, I actually like the live um, refire segment. I, I think this is pretty decent because it gives us yet another way to interact with our pedal heads. Yeah, exactly. Well, so. that that was all I had to say. So, well, thank you for calling love y'all. in, Mama. We L- love, love you, you, Mama. Okay, bye, bye. kids. Bye. There you go. That was that was totally awesome. Yes. Well, I knew when that call came in, I knew who it was. It was like, oh, of course. yeah, because because I recognized the numbers of most of our pedal heads. But we'll see. We'll see who else. See if anybody else. We're gonna we're gonna leave the lines open here until uh, the until the end of the. Uh, That's right. Two five three two three seven three three two one. Weigh in on your least hated household chore, whether it's indoor or outdoor. Okay. So I. Oh. We have another call. We have another call, and I actually do not know this number, so this will be interesting. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Hey, this is Liberty Gibbet. Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> hi. So my favorite chore around the house is uh, avoiding my chores and compulsively organizing things that don't need to be organized. Well, that'll do it. That works. <laughs> and my other is canning. Oh, a girl after my own heart. <laughs> yeah, it is quite a chore here, but... It's so rewarding and it makes me so happy to do it. Absolutely. I actually was just talking to Phone Boy. Um, The recipe that Dame Jennifer Weida provided me with as some value for value, I'm actually going to make a giant batch of it and put it in quart jars so that anytime we want to have it, we just open the lid, pour it in, heat it up and yum, yum. Yes, I love doing that. i I like spend so much time finding cool recipes that I can can and just open up. My most recent one, which kind of ties in with your guys' topic of feeding children shit food, um, I made homemade SpaghettiOs for my son, and he fucking loved it. That's a new one. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, I figured since you guys were, you know, leaning into the fuck up and taking live calls, I would call in and share my piece. <laughs> 
100%. And we appreciate it. And honestly, I think that homemade SkettiOs, which by the way, OMG, I'll bet they are super delish. Cause like back in my hot, fresh garbage days, I fucked up my share of SpaghettiOs. Uh oh, SpaghettiOs. That's right. But I will bet they're actually, as much as okay pasta is, you know, not really a good thing to consume and all, I would imagine it's still healthier than the shit that we're opening a can and blopping into a pan for our kids. Oh, yeah. Well, and like my SpaghettiOs, I use my canned tomatoes, my homemade chicken broth, you know, fresh veggies, fresh basil. And so, you know, pasta is not the greatest, but at least this kid's eating loads of veggies with it. So, yeah. And the sauce isn't full of a lot of hot, fresh shit either. Sadly, my basil plant died. My my rosemary's doing well, but my basil just was not happy with me and I'll have to purchase another one. But since it's getting kind of cold, I'm thinking I might want to pull the plant indoors to keep it from dying once we have frost and whatnot. Yeah, which is going to be yeah. soon. <laughs> it, it is. It's it's getting kind of cold. But we do appreciate you weighing in on our refire topic. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go. This is fantastic. Keep it going, Pedalheads. 253-237-3321. Tell us your least hated chore like this person in the voicemail. Oh, we already played, we already played that voicemail. <gasps> we don't have another voicemail? No, but we, but we never... <gasps> I'm hurt. Yeah. Yes. I. Yes. Okay. So here, but I. But I would. I did have to weigh in on my own. Uh, we do. Yes. So is it okay? So it's interesting. I had a story about this, and, and is that uh, the chore that I and, and, and with Stereo Lane, the chore I did was the bathroom, and, I, and 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 I will tell you why I did the bathroom because mainly because the reason I enjoyed that particular uh, chore is because it took me because it was because I did the master bathroom, which is the biggest bathroom, and everybody else was generally not anywhere near there when I was uh, when I was up there. So it was, it was that was the reason I liked that chores because it got me away from everybody else it's Same. too bad you couldn't take the opportunity to take her toothbrush and rub it on a turd and then uh you know put it back in her in, in her holder that that would have been just a search but i guess maybe that's just the uh the fierce sick me yeah now these days it's i mean you know i'm always cleaning up the kitchen and i got i mean i have my, my own st- I, I it's one the dishes are something that generally get done because yeah i don't like letting dishes sit around i've got my own i have a i had a battle with my dad when i when i was uh, growing up and we, we went two weeks without doing the dishes and i eventually just did them because i because like you know you know he couldn't i don't know it was almost a battle of wills as to who would actually do the dishes first and so after that i'm like yeah i'm not letting that happen again so that was kind of my uh that was kind of my that my my scary part of that so i mean probably you know i i won't say my favorite chore but one that gets always gets done is dishes because i I don't like i don't like that kind of stuff now in terms of you know was it bathroom or um was it what was it bad bathroom laundry vacuuming yeah, exactly. I can't remember what we said, but vacuuming is pretty much your chore in the house, though. Yeah, and I and yeah, and in any way, that's but uh, yeah, the bathroom. I don't know. I I still kind of like cleaning bathrooms because you can because it's a very small space, and at the end of it, you can look at it and go, yeah, it looks pretty good. You know, it's. I agree. Cleaning yeah. cr- cleaning the bathroom does not really offend me, especially because, um, I I get down and dirty when it comes to making sure that my toilet bowl is very clean. I mean, we go through a like a a few step process, you know, cleaning the toilet takes a good probably 10 or 15 minutes to make sure that the bowl is clean, the rim is clean, seat, um, lid, back of it, tank, behind the 
place where your butt falls because God knows that little space between the tank and the toilet seat. Ladies, help me out here since we're the ones who usually clean the bathroom and, you know, the toilet specifically. Can can we not get men to understand that your little pubic hairs, they fucking fall in that spot and your aim isn't always that good, Fireman Bob. Like there, there's a little pee that gets back there. Sometimes a lot. Sometimes a lot of pee. Now, and if I, and if yeah, the, I mean and, that. And, and trust ooh. me, yeah. And if I, and I, I know if I do that, I immediately clean it up because that's pretty disgusting. I mean, and, and that's and yeah. and also uh, right in front of the toilet and down the front of the toilet bowl is another place that often catches hell. Uh, in you know. Uh, by you guys yeah uh, yeah i had that issue with my uh with my son i think because yes the, the, their bathroom was kind of disgusting probably for that reason so um so anyway what's your favorite uh chore honestly i don't have uh a problem doing most any chore that we have in the house because i resigned myself a long time ago being an only child and responsible for a lot of the chores around the house, I just kind of made peace with the fact you just do it and you get it done and then it's fucking over. Like I can remember being young and dishes was always my chore and we didn't have a dishwasher. The dishwasher was named Phoenix, let me assure you. So I would literally run like a sink of soap, hot water and a sink of of very clean water and you can even attest that i will actually scrub my sinks with like lysol to sanitize them before i defrost meat or if i'm doing dishes a lot of times i'll wash the sink that way the clean dishes are going into a clean hopefully relatively germ-free environment and always hot water like essential but irrelevant to the fact i would run a sink of hot soapy water a sink of clean water and I would wash the dishes and then put them in the clean water. And that's how I would rinse them. And I would always start with glasses and plates and then move on to plastics if there were any and then pots and pans. That's the progression that I do dishes. I have since I was young and I still do it. And, and that's a good way to do dishes. If you're going to do head dishes by hand. Yeah, that's generally if you, and you're doing it in a, in a, in a, you know, in a sink, in a, in a sink full of water, that's generally the way to do it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, for Mr. Christopher Battles, if you are listening, brother, check it out. Um, that whole trying to get that dust and shit off of your toilet, take a paper towel and spray like whatever bathroom cleaner that you use. Um, I would, you know, I would recommend like um, maybe a Lysol or 409 for the bathroom and use a paper towel. I started out when I would clean bathrooms, I would use sponges and I found they just fucking sucked. And with paper towels, they're disposable. Not like I'm trying to fuck the planet, but seriously, that dust, no matter how many times you wipe, there's still dust on this bitch. Even if you're cleaning the toilet every single week, you know, so when you spray the cleaner on the paper towel, like I use a Clorox wipe personally when I'm cleaning, you know, the seat, the lid, back of the, uh, you know, back of the seat area, tank, everything. I use a Clorox wipe, but then I take a dry paper towel, wipe it all down, gleaming, sanitized, clean, and easy. Because I too hate the dust on the back of the toilet. And of course, because we keep an extra roll of TP, because there's nothing worse than sitting down to have a think and you run out of TP or you find that there's like two squares left on the roll because your partner is an asshole. 
which phone boy never does. I will tell you, he is not a dick. If there's only a couple um, sheets left on the roll, he'll actually throw the roll away and put the new one on. So we have a roll of toilet paper on the back of each of the toilets, and we have three of them in our condo. Plus there's a Febreze small space that keeps the bathroom smelling fresh, as well as the fact I have those little gel clings that go inside my toilet bowl. So every time you flush, it's keeping it fresh and clean when I'm done with my that's how like if it's been more than a week since I've cleaned the bathroom I can tell and one of my hugest pet peeves in life is going to someone's house and they have a fucking mildew ring in their toilet or anything that just basically either their bathroom stinks which is a huge like I'm not trying to be judgy I'm being a little judgy I can't stand going somewhere and the bathroom stinks, whether it's public or private, don't care, like huge pet peeve for me. And if, if I see, you know, your sink is all fucking dirty and nasty, your toilet's all fucking, you know, mildew ring and everything, it really gives me pause, like how you live. Like, honestly, well, Again, I, I, not trying to be judgy, yeah, yeah. but being a little judgy. Well, OK, so here, here's this is an interesting thing that you that 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 that, that happened on Wisteria Lane with it, with the toilets. So it, you could tell very quickly it was because of like the, the rings like that. If you didn't clean the toilet for more than a week, it would or for if you went like two weeks. Right. Because some, sometimes it would go that long. But usually I would do it every week. Uh, yeah. You would actually start seeing things. You would actually start seeing that ring. And in fact, the, we, there, there was such hard water there that it, 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 it actually there's like hard water stains on the on the toilets in that house those are different i understand the hard water stain thing but the just haven't cleaned it in way too long thing which by the way i'll tell you a secret as part of the reason why you use those little cling gels because it prolongs if you aren't you know, if you get busy and you can't quite get to the bathroom for, you know, at that one week mark or whatever, it kind of gives you a mulligan where you have a couple extra days of not getting the formation of that mold and muck and stuff. But even even if you don't have that ring in your toilet, to see a layer of dust on the back of the toilet tank is still like when that starts happening in in our house, I, I start going, yeah, we need to clean the bathroom because it's just really uh, it's really disturbing for me. Yeah, we, we, that's something we may need to do tomorrow. Speaking of which, uh, it's probably yeah, we're probably. we're not talking about the chores we need to do yeah. in the house at this point. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, there's really no chores in the house that um, I have any problem doing. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of having to sweep the floor and vacuum and things, but will I do it? Have I done it? Et cetera. Yeah. I mean, that's part of being a domestic goddess, which hopefully one day after you're done having to pay extortion to that heifer, I can actually enjoy the benefits of being a housewife and cleaning the house. And I'll even wear the apron. <laughs> yeah. I know one thing you'll do, and then I think it's a, I think it's time we uh, we time we move out of this uh, segment and go into the next one. I'll take a drink, and I my name's Smoke Little Reef. You know, I I like to smoke reefer. You know, it relaxes me. I think a couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But I do not freebase cocaine. Yeah, we do not freebase cocaine. But I'll tell you what, uh, Paul McCartney here. Uh, we 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 think we know what he's up to. Smoke weed every day. So. Apparently, a cartoon depicting Paul McCartney being searched for pot by airport customs 
and with an autograph from the singer, appeared on Antiques Roadshow Season 46, Episode 2, on the 5th of October, which happened to be a Sunday. The cartoon was valued between £2,000 and £3,000, which equates to... 2,437.12 to 3,655.71 U.S. dollars. Now, on the episode Antiques Roadshow, they traveled to Crystal Palace Park in the heart of southeast London, revealing all sorts of treasures, including a cigar once belonging to Winston Churchill and vintage Vivian Westwood outfits. A guest arrived and said her father, Pete, was a cartoonist for over 30 years and that one of his cartoons depicted Paul McCartney. The cartoon shows McCartney being searched by airport customs for pot in his luggage, drawn when the Beatles star and his late wife, Linda, were arrested for 10 grams of pot in 1984 in Barbados. It's a single frame cartoon similar to The Far Side. McCartney was apparently amused by it and signed the cartoon, pumping up the cartoon's, the cartoon's valuation dramatically. Yesterday, all my troubles seemed so far away, the cartoon reads. Pete drew McCartney being questioned by customs officials and singing sadly. The authorities empties his luggage and placed what looks like a film canister and a little pile of weed on the table in the cartoon. There's a newspaper on the floor that reads Ex-Beatle Barbados Drug Sample. At the bottom of the cartoon, it says, Play the Pipes of Peace, a reference to Pipes of Peace, his number one single on the UK billboard at the time. Yesterday is one of the 32 number one songs on the, uh, sorry, composed or co-written by McCartney. The most covered song of all time, according to Newsweek. Antiques Roadshow Antiques expert, and frequent guest Hillary Kay was delighted by the cartoon of the Beatles star. In turning it over, this is really nice because it looks like a piece of M HMRC notepaper. It's got the reference there, Kay said. So while he was drawing this, Paul McCartney was being interviewed. And then how come Paul McCartney has signed it? The guest replied, I think he just so showed him the cartoon that would have been my dad. He would have said, hey, this is, a, this is a bit of tense humor, but this might make you laugh. Kay then said, and Paul McCartney would have thought, that's just great, and signed it off. How lovely. What a great story. Let's cut to the chase. There was your dad sketching away. I wonder if he ever thought that it would be valuable. The guest replied, he wouldn't have done, and I can tell you why. My dad hasn't signed it. I will have, I will have been, it, sorry. It would have been. It, it, wow, you typoed. No, that, that was the story. Ah, it says it will have been just a quick scribbly thing, and I don't think he would have valued it at all. Kay said, well, the market value is high because it's a very interesting incident in McCartney's career, and it's too good a story. I think we're talking about at least two to three thousand pounds. And I hope that your dad would be really proud. The daughter said, 
I think he would. And I think he'd be proud that I've done this today. Well, that's a, that's a, it's, it's a fun, that's a fun little Beatles story. Uh, there's, then there's, you know, it's like, okay, is it any secret that, that he, that he smoked pot? I mean, no, I, I think we all knew it. I think we all knew it. I mean, they probably did a lot of other hard drugs too, but, uh, yeah, this is, oh, I guarantee you, you're not going to convince me that Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is not about LSD as everyone suspects. Yes. Meanwhile, I think it's time for the other higher consciousness story that we have. I was gonna go to class before I got high. Yeah, well, apparently a recent study has found that Oregon middle school students received office disciplinary referrals, or ODRs, for substance use offenses 30% more often after legalization of recreational marijuana relative to comparison schools in other states over the same period. So the school years 2012 to 13 to 2018 to 2019. So the 12-13 school year against the 18 or to the 18-19 school year. There were no statistically discernible changes in high school ODRs. Now, recreational use by adults was legalized in Oregon in 2015. Along with everything else. Well, more recently, yes. Uh, Researchers examined the extent to which legalization of recreational marijuana is linked to the number of middle and high school students who are caught in possession of marijuana in schools, as well as the impact of having marijuana outlets within walkable distance of schools. Now, oh, Jesus Christ, tell me this is not a total ploy to try to get these businesses shut down because they're close to the schools. What the fuck is middle school students doing with weed to begin with? You know, not asking for yeah, a friend. Okay, so in, in Washington State, I mean, this is, okay, so in Washington State, I, I did go into the, in order to even enter so the, the, the pot shop, you have to show, you have to show ID. Yes, you do. I remember that when we were there. Yes. Not, yeah, not only that, you also have to, you all, yeah, and so I'm trying to figure out how a, a, a kid, you know, are Oregon's rules so permissive that... It like, seems like it because they've just basically... Um, uh, decrim or legalized every fucking thing doesn't matter mushrooms weed lsd heroin like fucking mazel tov. go do whatever the fuck you want to do and now they're making it legal okay let let's back up for a second and and use those things called brain This shit is still federally illegal. Schools get funding from the federal government. So I'll ask it the obvious question. How the actual fuck are they able to allow this in their schools when schools are supposed to have a zero tolerance policy? And you can literally be arrested for possessing this shit on school grounds, legal or otherwise. This this to me reeks of you know, that all famous <clears throat> bullshit. Now they used uh, okay, so researchers examined the extent to which legalization of recreational marijuana is linked to a number of middle, okay, I think I already read all that. Uh, so they used school records on ODRs for offenses related related to substances other than tobacco and alcohol. They compared the, cha- the change in substance use ODRs in Oregon schools before and after legalization of marijuana for adult recreational use with matched comparison schools. The comparison schools were selected from states that legalized marijuana after the study period. Now, the results of this study, uh, led by Gulkin's PhD of Oregon Research Institute and the Center for Evidence-Based Policy at the Oregon Health Sciences University were published in the in the journal Health Economics on October 6th. Now, um, now, interestingly, the legalization-associated cha- changes in the substance use ODRs in Oregon middle schools were observed only in schools with a marijuana outlet within a one-mile radius. Why is that even fucking allowed? That is kind of one thing I might be, you know, that I think I think that's that, what I'm saying. Yeah. So 
that's a whole different discussion right there. Like within one mile, I think there's, I know in like, uh, you know, Washington, yeah, you can't, um, yeah, you can't actually have it within a certain distance of schools for that exact Again, reason. Again, I say, and not to be a bootlicker, uh, what part of federally fucking illegal are we not seeing? I mean, come on, I get it. Okay. Some, I would much rather have students of a particular age on edibles to help with their medical conditions like epilepsy, um, you know, maybe ADHD, et cetera, but allowed to smoke it where, yeah, it it's going to be, I'm sorry, but I think it's much worse on your body smoking it as a youth than I do with the fact you can control the dosage much better with an edible. That That's just my two cents. Yeah. So it is. Uh, but yeah, it, it was just, there was, and there, I think I saw some other stories about issues with with uh, with uh, you, youths in, uh, you know, uh, consuming this in, in, in legal in, in states where it's legal uh, to to acquire. Now, of course, there's nothing that prevents an adult Here's from acquiring thing, it and getting it right. to, you know, to in, a kid. No, there, as your parents, you know, demonstrated it, you know. Parents don't always make the right choices. However, here's here's my thoughts on this is that all the pot shops that I've been to, bona fide pot shops, you have to show your identification. Colorado, Washington. And I would imagine that when we go out to California, we're most definitely going to be visiting one of those particular shops. But I'm pretty sure we'll have to show identification when we go there for purchase. So I'm I'm just really perplexed how I, I, I just I get much like weapons. OK, and we're not going to get into that. I think these kids are getting their hands on this shit from black market or friends. Um, I don't necessarily think they're getting it from their parents unless it's like a medical situation where, you know, the, the doctor prescribed whatever. But again. You know, there's still black market out there and more, you know, more appropriate to the story. It's still federally illegal. How the, um, you know, how the, the schools are getting away with this, how the government is not making like a gigantic shit fit about it. Like, hi, what part of fucking illegal are you not understanding here? We're, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna take your funding away. And I've actually got to be off mute. There we go. So now we're going to bring off to the. Now we're going to go to the back of the napkin segment, and uh, we're going to do the phone. My phone. The way I see it, the only good phone's a landline, and the phone should be made out of bakelite. Yes, of course. Yeah. So it's time for tech news. Um, anyway, um, so but 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 first, um, what are you cooking tonight? I guess I, we I guess we should have the living in the fridge clip for what's what you're cooking. That should actually be the internet. Oh, that is an epic fail on my. Well, that's also, but that's also that me. That was not. You know what? That needs to start being put. Yeah, we're gonna. Add, well, I'll I'm gonna add it to the. Don't worry, I've I've got it. Okay, so just yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so but, um, but but I hope you have that clip because. Um, yes, I actually. Well, I did, and I think I took it off my board. So something something is going fucking. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, tech, okay. Well, you so should. I cannot access it. Okay. Don't, don't worry. Okay. To, to answer your question of what I am cooking, I am actually preparing for some chicken soup for the soulless. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm making some chicken soup. I had some. Uh, we had a chicken that you roasted off the other night and enjoyed the 
thighs, wings, and legs with mom, and I requested you to save the breasts so that I could make soup with it. So I'm making a chicken soup in the crock pot, which I have recently received news from the matriarch that it is done. So when Studio 33 kicks off, we will be able to procure a bowl of this deliciousness, and we will, of course, post pictures and give you a uh, a, a live <laughs> impression of uh, how it came out. There you go. Yeah. So, all right. We will we will make sure that this is uh, that this that this clip issue is uh, is addressed in the future. This was yeah. We we realized in the script we had a few. Uh, we 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 have some prompts that are in there and they were missing. So then um, we all. I think I also dis- I think we also originally this this was yeah. Anyway, we've made so there's some adjustments that are being made here. So, um, but I th- yeah. Sometimes I'm, when you're doing shit on the fly, it goes sideways uh-huh. and. With the fact it's my responsibility to do the clips for our segments, and I have to have my sound boys, Boyd, I, I, I give up. I just give up today. I've been my, called sound boy before, you know. Yes, I know. Yeah, but but I said sound Boyd. Okay. Like B-O-Y-D. Yeah. yeah I, my I, I, tongue I, I, got all I, fucked I, up. The point is, I have to have my soundboard organized and all the clips on it, which almost became a problem. It actually was a thing during the Oriole segment because we had a miscommunication. But for whatever reason, and again, we even went through the script today to put in the appropriate clips for our segment starts, like Back to the Napkin and such, and still missed the... What's Phoenix cooking segment? So I I blame you. Yeah, well, blame me. There, yeah, because I looked at that and went, yeah, we need to make sure that this is tight going I'm forward. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. I totally blame myself because I absolutely uh, missed that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah well, I, well, I, well. Anyway, it's in there now. We'll have it done. Okay. So can all right. So I think we are. Uh, I think we are done talking about what you're cooking. So how about uh, we talk about the next story? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So, um, encrypted message app Signal has pushed back against viral reports of an alleged zero-day flaw in its software, stating it found no evidence to support the claim. After responsible investigation, investigation, we have no evidence that suggests this vulnerability is real, nor has any info been shared via our official reporting channels, it said in a series of messages posted in X, otherwise known as, uh, previously known as Twitter. Signal said it also checked with the U.S. government and it found that no information to suggest this is a valid claim. It's also urging those with legitimate information to send reports to security at signal.org. The development comes as reports circulated last weekend about a zero-day vulnerability in Signal that could be exploited to gain a complete access to a targeted mobile device. Now, as a security precaution, it is advised to turn off, if you're using Signal, it's advised to turn off link previews in the app. It can be disabled by going to Signal Settings, Chats, Generate Link Previews. Now, the disclosure also arrives as TechCrunch revealed that zero days for infiltrating messaging apps such as Signal and WhatsApp are being sold for anywhere between $1.7 and $8 million. Um, now, um, now zero-day flaws in iMessage, Signal, and WhatsApp are lucrative for nation-state threat actors as they can be used as entry points to achieve remote code execution on mobile devices and stealthily surveil targets of interest by means of one-click or uh, 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 of zero-click exploit chains. And, and actually, I, I, and I actually participated uh, n- uh, non-knowingly in, a, in, in one of these, in, in a demonstration of one of these uh, of 
one of these exploits that was done by one of my colleagues uh, uh, in the day job. Um, and it was actually, and it was funny because I think it even showed up on, uh, uh, it showed up on screen or something like that, even in the, in, when, in a presentation or something. It's like, yep, that was a, he pretended to be, uh, I think he was, it was, was spoofing somebody else's thing, but it was, in the, but yeah, the, so the, these, you tr- trust me, these things are, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of security issues with these tools and that they get exploited and, uh, you know, and, and found. It's not like they're trying to make them insecure. It's, it's, it's hard that security is hard. Like, but if you don't take these and if you don't put it in at the very beginning, you're going to have issues trying to fix it later. And I'm really glad that I did not reinstall Signal on my new device. Yeah, um, there's yeah we're not um, <clears throat> yeah I think I don't think we, we were using Signal for a very specific reason, namely that you were you were running Android when this all when 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 our uh, our situation. Yeah, we no up. longer have a need for Signal as we can just FaceTime each other because we're both in the Apple cult now, and also most of the time I can just reach out and touch you. You know, the old call back to uh, what it was, uh, was it AT&T? Yes, reach, reach out, out, reach, reach out, out and, and touch, touch someone. someone. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so we're, yeah we're old. <laughs> you are very old. But yeah, I mean, most of the time I can just reach out and touch you. Otherwise, I can call you on the phone or FaceTime you. That's right. And not have to worry about a wicked ex uh-uh. being like, who are you on the phone with? You're cheating on me. Uh. Yes. Uh, yes, that was my impression of his fat ex. I don't fucking care. Yes, I, I thought it, I thought it was a I thought it was an impression of your own ex. Ooh, savage. Uh, anyway, okay. How about you play the next? Wow. Uh, how about you play the next clip? That to, to, absolutely. To, Yes. Now, last last. So that was the audio uh, logo for T-Mobile or the old. They use a slightly different version of it now. But last week, T-Mobile annoyed customers everywhere by not only informing them they'd soon be facing a steep price hike, but by pretending it wasn't actually a price hike. The company announced it would be moving customers to a more expensive plan unless they opted out, hoping that users wouldn't notice the change. Uh, Leaked support docs show uh, reps were told to lie to customers about it, which is yeah. But users say the new benefits suck and aren't worth the headache. They also said that the that the that the head fake violates the company's previous pledges not to raise rates, which were used for years to pull customers to T-Mobile from AT&T and Verizon in the first place. Yeah. T-Mobile also uh, bought Sprint. Sprint became T-Mobile and Sprint sucked to begin with. So now that they are T-Mobile and T-Mobile sucks twice as bad as Sprint, it's just a giant suck fest. Mm, Pretty much. Now, um. Let's see. So this is par for the course for the new T-Mobile in the wake of the 2020 Sprint merger. Now, gone are the interesting new promotions. Gone are the amusing ridicule of wireless giants like Verizon and AT&T. Gone is the pseudo-hip trash-talking CEO and his magenta sneakers. Yeah, John Leisure was actually pretty was pretty fucking entertaining to watch. Is it? Is okay, it? but the new British guy is kind of funny. No, that's okay. That that that's just a spokeshole. That's that's not the. See, John Leisure used to actually be the CEO, and he was kind of and, and he was a and he was a very uh, popular. He was, he was on social media and kind of did he was. He was kind that would of, explain why I didn't know that. that. That's right. So yeah, the the British guy in this case is just it's just the current spokeshole. I don't even know what the fuck his name is. I don't know that it matters. But um, so I can assure you, it's not the CEO because the because the guy that is the CEO looks like a fucking nerd, and 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 I, and I say that with all due respect. Uh, hey, we like nerds around here. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, 
So T-Mobile and former CEO John Leisure's uh, response to those critics to claim they were lying and to insist the deal would be endlessly beneficial and job positive from day one and every day after. But it didn't take long before T-Mobile had not only laid off nearly 10,000 employees and tried to lie about it, but had begun socking users with the exact kind of dodgy fees and price hikes T-Mobile had previously made fun of. Gone is the disruptive, creative, edgy brand consumers found refreshing, and in its place is more of the broken old status quo. Trump-era regulators played a key part of this conversation. Now, they, they approved the deal without even reading the details about the deal's impact. They then concocted an concocted elaborate but clearly doomed fix involving Dish Network designed to provide flimsy policy cover in the press. Yeah, so what they, yeah, so Dish Network, uh, that basically part of what ended up happening is that they spun, so when, uh, so uh, Boost Mobile was originally owned by Sprint. Um, I actually, I liked Boost Mobile, I'm not going to lie. They had a phone that actually had a direct connect feature where you could literally push a button if the person that you were contacting had pushed to talk. And it was like having a walkie talkie and a cell phone. It was pretty badass. And the fact that for like 50 bucks a month, you got unlimited fucking everything. This was back before I gave a fuck or knew about a hotspot. I thought it was a pretty decent thing. Was the coverage great? No. But then again, it was a prepaid cell phone plan what did you expect yeah well that was yeah that was the old nextel phones which which were which were phenomenal at that yeah they uh, fucking were yeah they, they they were they were yeah we and we i actually might still have one like in storage in a box if i come across this thing we'll definitely post it yeah well it's yeah it probably won't work anymore i can assure you that but no 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 it's not about whether or not it works it's just the fact of you know okay so i know that at one point in time you had a picture of like all these different phones that you had owned because you are like the phone guy you are tech guy I also used to work for Nokia. Let's be fair. This is what I'm saying. Okay. You, you were a Nokia cuck and you posted a shit ton of their photo. Fo- you guys have got to see the face he just fucking made when I called him a Nokia cuck. <laughs> Money. I'm writing down a show title. It's, it was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Anyways. Well, you know, because you were a Nokia cuck, you have pictures of all these Nokia phones and they were pretty badass. I'm not going to lie. That was the point of, if I can find this thing, just to take a picture and show people what it looked like. Not that I would think or give a shit whether it worked or not nowadays. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not actually, I'm not actually, um, yeah, the, I'm not surprised actually that the whole, I'm, I'm glad I, I had originally in 2009 when we, we were going through the, the acquisition, um, to my current employer, we, uh, uh, yeah, there was a, it, there was, uh, there, you know, I, I, I was trying to figure out how to stay in Nokia and I'm very glad I didn't. And I, and I, I sort of the, the universe seemed to guide me in the direction of, of, uh, of, uh, going, of, 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 of working for the, the, the company that I've actually been working for and, you know, and, and with and for the, for the, you know, for, well now, uh, yeah, more than 25 years, I can say that it lasted my marriage. That's that's for that's for damn sure. Um, yeah, and after how good they were for you when you were going through the major uh, part yeah. and and the beginning hell of that divorce. That's why I'm always hanging onto your leg, like no phone boy. You are not going to move companies. You're going to stay with you know. Yeah, exactly. With yeah, exactly. We we yeah that, that, that yeah we that that's we don't need to get into that necessarily. But anyway, so what happened? No, but is, I'm just saying that yeah. was one. That's a conversation you and I have had on a few occasions, yes. not often. But you know, at, at one time you had said, "Well, maybe I'm thinking about this or that," yeah. and I know I was really like. Um, after everything they did for you when your yeah. world flipped upside down, yeah, that, um, that would be a huge dick move because whether you want to realize it or not. 
you're quite important in that company. Everybody knows who you are. Ergo why I say that after I get my degree and if there is an opening that I qualify for, I am pretty sure that they will look at the resume and application, simply the words, my boyfriend is phone boy equals the fact that your boss knows who I am. Your coworkers know who I am and I've made a really good impression on them. And I'm pretty sure that one or more of those people I have met who are influential enough that when that application comes across the proper desk, there will be no question. Oh, that's phone boy's girlfriend hired. Yeah, there's there's some rule there's some rules about some of that stuff, but in general, yes, I think that's possible to do. It's just a question of question of uh, exactly where and that kind of thing. But uh, again, this so, this is in yeah. a future in which you know does not yet have an existence. Um, yeah, we're yes. hoping, but you yeah, know, it's, it's all going to be dependent upon the work that yeah. I put in, my ability to succeed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So. Okay, I want to. I want to get. Back, I was trying to get back to this Boost Mobile thing for a second. So, so anyway, so Sprint owned Boost Mobile, and one of the one of the, so the, what they're talking about is they they said, okay, we're going to spin off Boost Mobile. Now, Boost Mobile was being was was basically owned by Sprint, right? So they had some, you know. So it was, uh, you know, unfortunate. So there's some there's some, you know, basically there's some bullshit in you know language in there. It's like, okay, T-Mobile will allow you know, uh, you know, Dish to use its network for a certain number of years, but also Dish has this uh, has to be able to build its own network. Uh, 5G network from scratch, which, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, and it has some spectrum to do. It's trying to get more spectrum. It hasn't so far like the, you know, they're, they're kind of meeting the, the, the sort of the minimum FCC requirements for this build out, but the actual service from what I'm hearing from folks is maybe not so great. And, and, and you know, a lot of it of course comes from, um, you know, right now they're um, like, I'm sure out, I'm sure out where I, where we live. Yeah. I'd probably, we'd probably be using T-Mobile's network uh, to, to, for, for actual service, but, um, they don't seem like they're any better. I mean, I think, I think I'm not, sure. you know, I don't know. They all equally suck. They all equally suck. But anyway, so, so basically they tried to create a fourth national carrier using, using boost. Well, the problem is, is that, yeah, that, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of shit in there and it, it just, it's uh, you know, whether that's, that's what that, but that's what they're talking about here in the story. Uh, now you'd like to think the U S would learn from this experience and perhaps doing, start doing some more diligent reviews of mergers and consolidation. Well, I guess, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, the, but nobody will learn anything from this experience because reputational financial penalties simply aren't built into the mathematics. Well, also because keep in mind that the, you know we're talking we're talking about uh, lots of uh, lobbying and that kind of shit. And so uh, you know these uh, so basically the, the this whole thing is a is a charade to make it look like they're trying to do something when they're really not doing a goddamn thing. Now um, now of course this uh, I think we know the politics of this particular guy by the by the following statement: the Trump era revolving door regulators who approved the deal have failed upward to new positions in industry. John Ledger is off napping on a giant pile of money. The company's got massive tax breaks and consumers and employees were once again left holding the bag after promises of amazing consolidation synergies are once again shown to be hollow performative bullshit. Gee, you don't say. Yeah, well, you think we eventually learn. Well, the phrase regulatory capture comes to mind. I'm sure you kind of hear about that. Um, so meanwhile, here this is, this, is a, this is a great fucking story. <laughs> 
has been caught hosting a malicious ad so convincing that there's a decent chance it has managed to trick some of the more tech-savvy users who encountered it. Now, looking at the ad, it, it, which masquerades as a pitch for the open-source password manager KeePass, there's, there's no way to know that it's fake. It's on Google, after all, which claims to vet the ads it carries, making the ruse all the more convincing. Click on it, lead, it leads to keypass.info, um, which, which, when viewed in, a, in an address bar, appears to be the genuine KeePass site. Now, in this case, the keypad, the, the letter K has got a, got, a, got a squirrely thing under it that you may not actually see. Now, a closer look at the link, however, shows that the site is not the genuine one. And in fact, keypass.info, at least when it appears in the address bar, is just an encoded way of denoting, and I'm not going to read it out here, but it's but it's it's encoded in puny code, which it turns out is pushing malware family tracked as fake bat. Combining the ad on Google with a website with an almost identical URL creates a near-perfect storm of deception. Now, users are first deceived via the Google ad that looks entirely legitimate, and then again via a lookalike domain. Uh, Jerome Segura, head of threat intelligence at security provider Malwarebytes, wrote in a post on Wednesday that revealed the scam. Now, information from Google's Ad Transparency Center shows that the ads have been running since Saturday and last appeared on Wednesday. The ads were paid for by an outfit called Digital Eagle, which the transparency page says is an advertiser whose identity has been verified by Google. Apparently, it doesn't mean shit. The sleight of hand that allowed the imposter site, uh, encoded in Punicode, to appear as keypass.info is an encoding scheme known as Punicode. It allows Unicode characters to be represented in standard ASCII text. Now, looking carefully, it's easy to spot the small comma, like uh, like figure immediately below the K. When it appears in an address bar, the figure is equally easy to miss, especially when the URL is backed by a valid TLS certificate, as is the case here. So, I mean, the, the thing is, is that you can't look at the thing, and you, so you would think that google would have would be vetting these ads and i've actually so i have a i have a i have a similar story that i that uh um that i per, that, that happened to me personally so back in 2007 i think maybe um I was uh, I was working for a um, for one of these. Uh, so you know how you go when you search for a story on something. There's like thirty three thousand sites or something that that uh, have articles on the same thing. Of course. Yeah. Well, I I, I actually wrote one. I actually wrote on a couple of those sites that I don't know that they actually exist anymore. That's but, really cool. But uh, but so I was yeah. So you know you get you don't get paid a lot of money to write these articles, and I'm sure now they pay even less, and they and they have and they have people in uh, uh, in other countries do it now, but. Similar idea, but anyway, of course, these ad, the 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 ad, these sites have ads on them, right? And they they run an ad network, and and uh, one day, um, yeah, I was on the site, and all of a sudden, I got taken to a malware site. Well, it turned out it was a it turned out it was a malicious ad that got injected into the uh, in, you know via the ad network. And so you know this kind of shit happens, and you kind of go, you if you're going to what a, to what appears to be a legitimate site, and because of it, an advertising, yeah, you end up somewhere that you didn't expect, uh, you know, and that's and honestly, that can see why uh, Sir Bemrose keeps his uh, keeps his JavaScript turned off because that pretty much of course you know pretty, you're going to break a whole lot of websites that way but I can kind of see why he does that Absolutely so the the fact that Google is sitting there saying they vet everything is is obvious <clears throat> bullshit because this story just highlights that fact So I think we're going to get to our next segment <clears throat> which we have lovingly dubbed the junk drawer Humanity was incapable of solving even its most basic problems, like garbage, which had been stacked for centuries. That's right. So this story is going to both make you laugh and gross you out. Brando's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. Yeah, the drink had all the hallmarks of a beverage sensation, kind of like Brando. Striking design, bold font, and the punchy name, Release. 
But inside, each bottle was filled with urine, allegedly discarded by Amazon delivery drivers and collected from plastic bottles by the side of the road. Okay, first of all, I want to know how they know these bottles of piss were collected from the side of the road and that they came from Amazon drivers. Well, you literally would have to follow this driver around and like have a whole gang of people following these drivers around to wait for him to pitch it out the window to be 100 percent sure that that was his juice. Well, we will. I will get into that, actually. So that didn't stop Amazon from listing it for sale, though. Released, even attained the number one bestseller status in the bitter lemon category. It was created by Uba Butler for a new documentary, The Great Amazon Heist, which aired on Channel 4 in the UK earlier this week. I think we actually need to watch this. Um, this might, maybe maybe they have this on BritBox or something. We should uh, see if we can uh, maybe look at it. Uh, we so, don't have BritBox anymore. But we, well, but maybe it's worth getting to, to look at that at some point. But All right, so Butler is a journalist, presenter, and renowned puller of stunts. He's probably the most famous for turning his shed into London garden into the number one ranked restaurant on TripAdvisor. The great Amazon heist begins with him infiltrating an Amazon distribution center in Coventry with a hidden camera and speaking to workers who complain of foot and back pain, potentially dangerous working conditions, and near constant surveillance. Butler spends his first day unloading a baking, a ba- a baking hot truck with no working fan or air conditioning. Now, Amazon spokesperson James Drummond says nothing is more important than employee safety and well-being and that the company provides protective clothing and footwear and has dedicated health and safety teams on site. Now, Butler happens to be present during a hiring spree at the Coventry Warehouse. At the time, workers were trying to gain union recognition, and the GMB union has since accused Amazon of deliberately hiring hundreds of extra staff to scupper the vote. Amazon, of course, denies this. Now, he is recognized within days and so resorts to interviewing delivery drivers who tell him that they're penalized for slow deliveries to the extent that they have to urinate in bottles because they don't have time to find anywhere to stop for bathroom breaks. Now, drivers urinating in bottles has been reported in the past, but what wasn't known is that some claim they also get penalized for having those urine-filled bottles in their truck when they return to the warehouse. Now, Drummond denies this and says Amazon drivers receive reminders to take regular breaks on the Amazon delivery app. Now, to avoid penalties, they end up discarding the bottles by the side of the road. Now, Butler searches the roadsides near Amazon warehouses from Coventry to New uh, New York, uh, to Los Angeles, and more often than not strikes liquid gold. From there, it's laughably straightforward for Butler to get release uh, listed for sale on Amazon with very few checks and balances in place to ensure the product he's selling is safe and legal. That's amazing. This uh, is so gross. Releasing the drink was surprisingly easy, Butler told Wired. I thought that the that the food and drinks licensing would stop me from listing it, so I started out in this refillable pump dispenser category. Then the algorithm moved it to drinks. At one point, even contacted by an Amazon representative ready to handle the packaging, shipping, and logistics through the Fulfillment by Amazon program. Now, no members of the public were actually sent urine. Instead, Butler corralled uh, a group of friends into making the purchases. Now, when he saw the product listed for sale, Butler felt initially really excited and found it very funny, he said. Then when real people started trying to buy the product, I felt a bit scared. Now, Drummond says that this was a crude stunt and the company has industry-leading tools to prevent genuinely unsafe products being listed. Now, if there's a theme to the documentary, it's, it's, it's remarkably simple to outwit one of the world's biggest companies. Yeah. This is just really fucking mind-blowing on all levels. 
Yeah, this it is. It's really scary, and then this is, and and it is just yeah. And I see this thing. This was this was a piece in Wired um, that that I that, that I that I pulled out. And there's a whole lot more that it goes into this. Uh, uh, you know, some of the other stunts that they that they pulled as part of this great Amazon heist thing. But the but you know the the peeing by the side of the road. I mean, I think the whole. I mean, I, this this is not something new. Okay, truckers fucking piss in bottles all the time. We actually, you and I were actually having a conversation with Tigger about the fact of. There's I mean, there are things that make it where as a female that technically if you wanted to be able to pee in a bottle like guys do while driving and keep going, you know, they they do sell products. And even um, (laughs) I can't remember exactly who it was that shared the idea and it might have even been Tigger of taking a gallon jug and cutting it in half uh, making sure that the edges aren't sharp because you don't want to cut your legs, but as a way to like when it's really fucking cold out and you don't want to trace through five feet of snow and you're stuck at the base of Lookout Mountain or not Lookout Mountain, uh, Fourth of July Pass. Uh, yeah, um, you could kind of makeshift a a little uh, half a jug thing where you could pee standing on the running board of your truck. So I thought that was pretty genius and not going to lie, actually contemplated a prototype for that to sell for uh, female truckers who would like to make it easy to just uh, pee in a bottle like their male counterparts. I can neither confirm nor deny that I may be working on that prototype. Oh, well, there you go. But it is, uh, it, yeah. We're, we're, so I think this is, uh, uh, yeah, it, it is kind of scary. Yeah, um, the, the dick jokes are writing themselves in the in the, in the troll room here. So um, I think it's, but it is time to I think move on to the dishonorable mentions. Y'all are a bunch of fucking degenerates. Now, speaking of which, everything tastes better with a little old bank. Yes. So Annapolis, Maryland based cannabis company Crab Cakes and Cannabis pulled a popular parody sticker after receiving a cease and desist letter from McCormick and Company uh, Incorporated, the makers of the Old Bay seasoning, who said that their sticker was too similar to their Old Bay logo. Now, the clip I played, we played to start this uh, this story off. Yeah, was it was it was quote unquote a rejected jingle for Old Bay. So I thought it was, I thought it was appropriate. Uh, Crab Cakes and Cannabis took the opportunity to challenge the implication of a Supreme Court decision last June that is impacting all types of small businesses. The the issue brings up the question that if parodies aren't allowed, are we taking trademark laws too far? Now, the novelty sticker parodies the Old Bay Spice Jar, but it ended up prompting a lawsuit as McCormick alleges a trademark infringement and tarnishing of their image by associating it with cannabis. Now, while we firmly believe in the protection of parodying First Amendment rights, uh, the prohibitive cost of litigation led us to make the difficult decision to discontinue our parody sticker. Uh, founder of uh, Crab Cakes and can- uh, Cannabis, uh, Jennifer Culpepper, said in the statement, we stand by the fact that there's that no reasonable consumer would confuse our novelty item with a seasoning product. Now, the cease and desist letter from McCormick and Company claims that the parody sticker featured the words 420 Bud and designed in a way that's reminiscent of the Old Bay Jar, infringed upon their trademark and trade dress, potentially harming their brand's reputation. Now, per the letter, McCormick uh, stated that the company takes the matter very seriously as it is not in the business of sponsoring products related to marijuana use. I don't think anybody in their right fucking mind would, would uh, you know, associate Old Bay in, in that stuff. It's, it's, a, it's fucking funny. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's. Yeah. Have you seen the picture? I, I mean, I kind of saw it in the, I mean, I didn't see the, the uncensored picture in the story, did you? No, but the uncensored picture still gives you enough of an idea. That looks exactly like an Old Bay container, for sure. Complete with the, what looks like food products that you could essentially put Old Bay on. Now, granted, the 420 Bud is in 
I mean, it, it's not in tiny letters. If you're paying any degree of attention, 420 Bud does not look anything like Old Bay. But the design of the packaging and such is absolutely spot on for what old bay canisters look like. Exactly. I don't know. It's just, I'm I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever. I mean, parodies, I don't, you know, the companies can't get their fucking, you know, I don't know, get their, get their uh, crisps in a, a, you know, wet or whatever the fuck. I I couldn't even come up with a damn thing. All right. I Um, get that. All right. So um, let's talk about the next uh, story, however. Everything. This is a scam. Uh, a Misfire. Ooh, I'm going to do it again. This is a scam. Now, according to a major cybersecurity company, these are the top 10 uh, companies impersonated in phishing attacks during Q3 2023. Uh, Walmart definitely comes out on top of that list 39% of the time. Uh, Microsoft at 14%. Wells Fargo at 8%. Google and Amazon each at 4%. Apple's about 2%. Uh, Apple, Home Depot, LinkedIn are at 2%. You got MasterCard and Netflix at 1%. Um, it's just, it's you know, of course, you could also, you know, again, if, if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is, right? Um, but it's just, it, it, it's, it's the same old shit, right? It's like, oh, you know, get, get a free gift card, get a whatever, you know, or it, it's just, it's just blows me away that these scams keep happening. And of course, you know, the, that's, this kind of people need to be thinking. It's like, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And, and, and again, there's enough telltale signs in these particular uh, emails that, uh, that might make you think that, it, that there's a scam, but, uh, um, you know, we, we definitely have that uh, going on here now. Uh, and we've got, uh, we've got one more and I think this is, and I, I, I think this is, a, 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 this, this is, yeah, play this. Rip. Really appropriate. All the kids love Kinko for the presents that they get. Silly leather clothes to wear and happy cigarettes. <laughs> this is going to piss y'all off. Trigger warning. I was, I was on, oh, did I? Okay. Oh, you are so getting it. You are so okay. getting it. Simon, you are not on the mic. That okay. was fantastic. Okay, so I get so I get to do a little editing at the you end here. You get to do it again. That's right. So I we didn't miss much. So let's okay. So play. Well, all you have to do is literally just truncate the fucking silence. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so apparently the yeah apparently he's the, the 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 San Francisco Police Department thinks he's in compliance with all the rules. Now the dude is a sex offender with a loophole that allows him to be near a school and he can set up the free fentanyl sign because he doesn't actually have the drugs on him at all. So that's so lame. Yes. So in a decent society, you'd take a man like that and out behind the bike shed and you'd beat the fuck out of him and put the fear of God in him. But this is a progressive state. They don't do that. They fucking celebrate these assholes. Unfucking believable. Yes. So, so yes. This, this this is like that dental monitoring clip where you ignore the problem until something happens. No preventative action whatsoever. First of all, okay, if I read this right, this guy is a convicted sex offender, right? Yeah. That, that's what it says. Convicted child molester. In and of itself, if you are convicted of cp child molestation any fucking shit like that you are not allowed to be within so many feet of a fucking school so yeah he's breaking the law chips go get him poncho jesus fucking christ yeah well they're not gonna do that so because you know because this is california yeah i know it's california but I mean, you want to talk about a setup for a lawsuit. One of those kids ends up being victimized by this prick. And the fact that he wasn't supposed to be within a certain distance from a school, that's not just state fucking specific. That's every fucking state has that law. 
So how these pussy-ass cops in San Fran with their tight bike shorts taking it in the ass by their partners, and I don't mean female partners with a strap-on, or maybe they do. Either way, they're taking it in the ass. That's why they're not doing anything about it. Bunch of fucking pussies. All right. Oh, wait a minute. I'm trying to hit that clip. I'm so fucking over this. Yeah, yeah especially after that story, we are fucking over this. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're, we're getting the fuck out of here. Uh, but uh, we're not really getting the fuck out of here. You know what's going to happen after the show. We're going we're gonna to hang out and play music and have a great goddamn time. So, That's right. And so uh, with that, uh, we are going to, uh, we're going we're gonna to end this shit, and it goes something like this. Jordan fades back, swoosh, and that's the game! Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.